0: Oh, good. Hey, sorry I'm late. Happy. You look
1: nice. Thank you. You too.
2: Thank you. New dress?
1: Yes, it is. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened?
3: Planning a trip? Mm-hmm. Going to Europe. It's
1: a school trip. Did you get your passport? Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Pack your suit.
2: I just want to go on my trip with my friends. Europe doesn't really need a friendly
1: neighborhood spider man. You look really pretty. Therefore, I have value. No, no that's not I'm right. I'm messing with you. <laughs> you look pretty too. I just want to spend some time with MJ. I
2: think she really likes you too. That reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my food copy. so nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. You're Nick Fury.
1: Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he going to be okay like that?
2: might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue.
1: I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation.
2: Awesome! You got gifts, Parker. But you have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about
1: it? You don't want any part of this.
2: He's like Iron Man and
0: Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man.
1: What is it with you and Spider-Man? What?
0: He looks out for the neighborhood,
2: has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad?
3: Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking Spider-Man Far From Home with my friends Joe Vitale and David Isaac. What's up, guys? What's up?
2: What's cracking, brother?
3: I'm, I'm really stoked to talk to you guys, and I mean... Big part of it's just hearing your voices. I got so used to hearing you guys on a weekly basis with the supercast and going through withdrawals, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, we're we're working on something. We're like laying the groundwork and it'll be soon, right, Dave?
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: Nice. Oh, I can't wait. Whatever it's gonna be, I'm in. I will be <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs>
0: yeah, we keep throwing things back and forth on Messenger and you know, I'm working on some audio stuff, you know, like intros and things like that. So, you know, we don't just we don't just go out there willy nilly, Joe. I mean, we're professionals.
1: You know, <laughs> we don't
0: just throw this shit out there. I mean, you know,
3: just throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. <laughs> we you know, your, oh, David, David, at this point,
0: David, I did. Want, I did want to tell you something that just popped into my mind about Starcast. Related, yes. related to Far From Home. Ready? Yeah. Joe Stark built this podcast in his man cave by <laughs> listening to crap. <laughs> I just, I heard that that popped into my head earlier this morning. I love, I love, I love that scene in Iron Man
2: 1. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You, you know who I realized that was? I just who found that? out today. The fucking kid from uh, A Christmas Story, uh, Bill Lindsley. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah. I, I didn't even pick it up because Him and Fab Yeah. I forgot about this because him and Fabro are like fucking super good friends. Um and Fabro used to have this show called Dinner for Five or some shit like that. And uh he would take friends and just fucking sit down and they'd eat dinner and fucking talk about shit. It's like kind of comedians in cars getting coffee before comedians in cars getting coffee. Um and but Billingsley was on there uh, as one of the guests, and they were talking about the friendship that they have and how they've been friends for fucking ever. And I was like, really? That is amazing. And then I was watching something, they kept bringing up his name as being that he's friends with with, uh, Favreau and was in the first Iron Man. I'm like, holy shit, that was him. That was him. What the fuck? Because... Was I think it was Grace Randolph. I was watching her review of it, and she was, like, saying how that guy got thrown a bone and, like, you know, must have felt good and stuff to get his little sardom. I'm like, that's the motherfucker from a Christmas story. You don't even know who that is.
3: Yeah, people all over the nation are seeing that, like, 24 hours in a row on, like, TBS yeah. or something, right, yeah. on Christmas? Yep.
0: Well, the other thing I didn't realize, so I, I rewatched Homecoming this morning and uh, just w- going through the credits, the voice of his suit in that is Jennifer Connelly.
2: Oh, I did know this. Yeah, I did. I Who's did not married know DePaul that. Paul Bettany. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I don't know if I knew that bit about Jennifer Connelly.
0: I don't think I did not know that.
3: Wow. Yeah. And, then, and then she was in that first Hulk movie with Eric Bana.
0: Yep. What that's right She was in the it? first one she was she the yeah she was in the banner one right because who was it was it yeah Liv tyler was uh she was yes. in the, it was yeah, yeah. um uh, i just it was okay i know um we who, gotta look uh, at it at Ang-
3: the time it was released at the time yeah. it was released it was cool you go back and look at those scenes with hulk in the desert with the tanks now and it, yes. it looks pretty cartoonish
0: yeah, yeah, it, and uh, it, it was it was just a very weird story, and you know, Nick Nolte, man, I mean, he's
1: just <laughs>
0: just a, a super weird story. You had the the Hulk dogs in that, and you know, Angley tried to make it with the comic panel type stuff with different scenes, which yeah. was you know, kind of. I mean, it's it's cool to try stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it just did. I like the I like the uh, I like the Incredible Hulk a ton. Uh, yeah, it's, a it's, lot of people I, don't like. It. I, I, I think
2: that's it. it's. I think it's such an underrated movie. It it really is a good portrayal of Bruce, a good portrayal of the Hulk. It's a decent story. I mean, I I don't get why people are so like, oh, that sucks. I'm like, really watch that film. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. some of the CGI is outdated at this point, but really, it's a good incredible hulk story like it it feels like the 70s tv show yeah it, and you know
0: it's got a tie and it's got you know tying with abomination to you know the super soldier serum with captain america mm-hmm. so which is kind of cool it, um had an uh, uh interesting stanley cameo in that one where he drank the yeah the, yeah. <laughs> the soda with the that was contaminated and all that had <laughs> had Stark had Stark Tech,
3: member in that with, it, yep. with like those sound things trying to get him. So yeah, oh, it was yeah, it yeah I, a lot of it, a lot of good stuff, man. I just rewatched that one right after Endgame. I started the MCU movies all over, and was was fairly chugging along until I hit um, Thor three's the next one. I or no no Thor the Dark World is the next one I needed to watch, and I was like, mm, don't want to spend nineteen ninety nine on that right now. And so that derailed me <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody has a dark world code you want to throw my way <laughs> i'll give you i'll give you my
0: movies anywhere login i think i i think i've got dark world on there i may have seen it i don't even know if i've watched it since i've had on digital
3: <laughs> that's <laughs> it literally the only reason i want to watch this is because i'm being a completionist in it and it's like i want to continue watching these but yeah it's just but, but do you did you ever think from the from the first four movie to 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 where he's at now, that that would have ever been his arc. No, what an incredible changeover. I mean, they did the right thing with with the tone that they set in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because like, I think I've watched that one. I mean, shit. My my wife and kids both love that movie a lot too. So there's been been plenty of times where I get home from work and they're just all watching Thor Ragnarok. So yeah, and I, that's getting and that's
0: getting into yeah and that's getting into the movies where you know obviously later in the m c u where they're really not solo movies anymore
3: yeah, yeah. You
0: know, they've got they're teamed up and things like that which which makes it more of an event I mean look at you know, Captain America's you know civil war was basically you know Avengers you know two point five or whatever you want to call
3: it yeah, yeah, yeah I mean fuck they should have done that instead of Ultron for the second Avengers movie it would have been so much more successful,
0: oh God, I can't I just I cannot stand what, how they portrayed Ultron in that.
3: Yeah. That's but, the other one I don't own yet for obvious reasons. <laughs> it, it, a lot of, and
0: that was, um, uh, uh, what's his name? That was, that was Whedon's movie. And yeah. Yeah. a lot of just a lot of forced humor, especially in that beginning scene. Um, you know, cap, you know, th- throwing the motorcycle. It slipped and, th- you know, it was just stupid stuff like that where it wasn't really, to me, it wasn't natural. Um, and, uh, and I, again, I don't like how they Ultron moving mouth with teeth and shit like that.
3: Yeah. And the, the slow motion team up shot at the beginning where they're all charging together. Like it seemed a little forced and to put it right at the beginning of the movie too. It was like, Oh, really? Well, you know, Matt Kirby
0: loves slow-mo. So the more (laughs) slow-mo, that kind of stuff you take, like, I know Matt will say, you take you take slow-mo out of like Wonder Woman and it would be an hour and a half movie, you know, that kind of thing. So,
3: yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman, but you're not lying there. It, it has a lot of slow-mo in it that felt borderline unnecessary.
0: Yes, they they uh, yeah they tend to overdo it. Uh, and it uh, like in in uh, I mean, like, for example, in Justice League, the beginning where she's in the bank and she, They did that scene where she's blocking the bullets as she's running down that list where all the – that line where all those kids are. Yeah. A great scene. But before that, I mean they probably had four slow-mo. Her busting through the door was slow-mo. The bullet going by her head was slow-mo. Um, and, you know, I, first of all, I don't know – we're not going to get into
3: starting to <laughs> – Best. Can, and this is a dangerous Joe. This is a dangerous road to go on. Hey, it's tar- we, it's Starkcast. It can go where it goes. We and, will we, and we'll eventually. The, we'll this eventually this, get to Spider Man. <laughs> this is happening.
0: This is happen on the supercast. We're like, all of a sudden, how are we talking about BVS? Yeah. Like, how are we talking about Justice League? All of a sudden, but but the dude the dudes come in the bank, okay, with a bomb that's going to blow up all these blocks. So why didn't they just blow it up in the truck out there? Like, why going into the bank? they had nothing to do with the with it
3: the bomb going off you know it's <laughs> just it's plot. exposition
0: <laughs> because of
1: plot <laughs> so. there's so
3: many things in justice league that is because that's how it, it was written you know well david we are we we've said this we never did it with the supercast
0: but we are going to do a live watch and like mst3k commentary because i already i have in the first 20 minutes i have an, a page and
3: a half single space of stuff so dude i've been wanting to do that forever with different movies with justice League being one of them i think you and i were texting about it at one time yeah like months yeah. ago but i've just never figured out the the logistics of it like did we all just get on the skype call and then we all hit play at the same time gotta how, do, how do, that? do we keep the the background noise of the movie out of the recording itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, little things. I when we did a uh, Jedi Council, me and Jake both had the movie going while we talked about it. And, but I had mine on mute. I think Jake was running his through his computer and could hear it through the headphones. But because he had both buds in, you couldn't hear it through his speaker. Gotcha. So he could still hear and watch it, and I watched it with subtitles. So. It, it's easy enough to do. You just got to make sure you're synced up at least within a second of one. another.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably just putting more worry into it than I need to. I tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man though.
1: <laughs> Hell um,
3: yes. So Joe, what are your initial thoughts on the movie?
0: Well, I've been, I've been looking forward to, um, um, live action portrayal of Mysterio forever. I love Mysterio. I love the character design. Uh so I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, so you know I thought that was all great. And and David will, will attest to this. When we were talking about this on the Supercast, uh, when we watched the first or the second trailer, when they talked about the multiverse, said there's no way that's true. There's yeah. no way on earth that Because people were saying, oh, this is going to lead into the new phase of the MCU. I'm like, there's no way that Marvel MCU is going to have a major going forward plot device be released in a Sony movie. It's not going (laughs) to happen.
2: It was that. It was that. And that's how they were going to bring in the Fantastic Four was invent, you know, use the multiverse. I'm like, there's no fucking way Sony's going to allow that kind of huge plot point to be revealed in a in a fucking Sony movie like Mark, Kevin Feige is like are you fucking high are you out of your mind there's <laughs> yeah. no way so i i never thought that was a possibility but they did a good job selling it they
3: they did well, a yeah. very good job selling it having it in the trailers and then the way that they brought it about in the movie and everything was great and and going into this i had you guys's thoughts on the episode in my mind a lot because I have limited exposure to Mysterio. I've read, you know, he had the big role in Old Man Logan, and then I think I've read a a couple of other Marvel books with him in it, but otherwise I wasn't that experienced with him. And so I, I had you guys' thoughts in my in mind when, when that was going on, because you were saying, no, this guy's a liar. It's what he does. He's, yeah. a, he's a con man in a fancy suit that can spin illusions. And and yeah, you guys fucking nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, so
0: so I was looking forward to that. Um, I th- I thought I thought it took too long. First of all, we know that Mysterio is going to be revealed to be the bad guy, and that he's tricking. That's that's what he does. So there's no surprise there. And I don't think they had to to do anything fancy and change things around. It's like oh, it's predictable because that's what that's who Mysterio is. They um, so that the the school stuff with them plopping from place to place and all that, I think that went a little too, too long to get to, you know, how was, how long was it until they finally got to, it was an hour or maybe, I don't know, until they got to Mysterio finally, you know, revealing that, it, you know, the first he's the bad guy.
3: Yeah. The first act felt really drawn out.
0: Yeah. So, but like I was sitting there with my son and, uh, when he was in the bar, I'm like, I go. This is. I go. This is it. This is. A, this there's an illusion in here. This is an illusion. So I'm like. I call that. You know. And. Uh, but the 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 Mysterio stuff. They did. At first, when I saw it, I was thinking about the Iron Man three, Mandarin Trevor, twist kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. I, but I think they did. I think they did it a lot better in my in my mind with it. Where it's, you know, they tied in. You know that. He was part of the Barf technology or and then they brought in you know Ralphie from Toy- from uh, Christmas story you know from, from <laughs> Iron Man One. So they so they're bringing they're bringing in all these other elements that we've already seen and to make it a uh, you know an MCU change to a villain's origin. And again, from that point on, the mysterious stuff was great. The, the being trapped in the illusion stuff, was and we? I was talking to David about this because he saw it in 3D.
3: I didn't, oh. but I thought that was just was
0: spectacular to watch.
3: Yeah, like, it, as far as spectacle, I thought that that was some of the best in the movie.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, so and and in in going and watching the movie, I was like, that freaking um um, oh God, Fury. I'm like, Fury's weird in this movie. <laughs> you know, and then we realize at the end what the what the whole deal is. So I, I again, usually my rating on a movie goes uh, higher the second time I see it. Um, but I think I think Homecoming is is higher for me because I, I really liked um, the, the, the story overall, even the non Spider-Man stuff in there a lot more. This this movie, I love the Mysterio stuff a ton. And as the other stuff that that kind of got drawn out, but it's super enjoyable movie to to, to see.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, D- David. What did you think overall?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm with Joe. I really, I enjoyed this flick. I do think the beginning was long. Um, <clears throat> I, I think they played Mysterio smart, he, even though that they drew drew out the first half of that movie. In getting to the reveal that he's the big bad, I think it's a good way to set precedence for this character. Um I. 'Cause the fact that we know who he is, being comic fans. I like I read Spider-Man growing up, so I <clears throat> am really well versed in Mysterio and the fact of you know it he loves to trick people. But I think for people who are going into this without the history that I have, it's a good way to kinda build Mysterio up and show the kind of person he is because he would, but he would, this is exactly something that he would do in the comics. And it felt completely natural, even though by the time where he get, he reveals in the bar, it felt long. I was still happy with it because he would, he would go with the illusion for as long as humanly possible until his, plan called for him to no longer go with that part of the illusion um it, he, it he, just, he got
0: cl- he got he got close to the twirling evil mustache in that bar he at, did. at the end very close <laughs>
2: he really did but that that's what i like i think Hall fucking did a, a outstanding job portraying this character i i it was it was smart i think it, it, Tom Holland is by far as much as Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Jr. is Tony Stark I, and Iron Man. Fucking Tom Holland is Peter Parker and Spider Man. There is not anyone better. You will never convince me that that uh, Tobey Maguire was a better. Spider-Man, or a better Peter, and someone will never convince me that Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. Like
0: David, that. I have I have that exact same thing. We are so lot. We are so on the same wavelength. <laughs> I, I had that same thing. I'm like, as much as RDJ and Chris Evans is Captain America, mm-hmm. th- th- he is so perfect as as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, as a you know portraying a kid and and yeah. with every you know all the responsibilities of balancing this and that it's just, and his, his just, he's just a brilliant actor in this role.
3: Yeah. Just absolutely. Totally
0: perfect. yeah and,
3: I, and I totally agree. Like, I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man.
2: I, I really think that it, the one problem I have with it is that Tom's starting to get to that age where he, even though he can still pass for high school, I would say within the next couple of movies, you have got to get him out of high school. Oh yeah, you can't. It, it's going to get too long in the tooth. I think this is the perfect amount. He's the perfect age to pull this off. I think next movie, you really try to get it so that he's graduating if he's not already graduated.
3: I totally agree, um, dude. Do you think they set so, that up a bit with the J Jonah Jameson stuff at the end?
2: I yes, but I think I think more more of it has. I, I don't know that they set up him getting older because now that you set that up, you kind of – you almost feel that there has to be a struggle. But you don't know how long it's going to be until we get the next Spider-Man movie. It's going to be at least two years, right? Yeah. So – and there, and you got to realize that you're going to have all these Disney Plus shows coming out and then you're going to have a, the MCU continuing. So – the next time that Spider-Man comes out, he's going to have to have already dealt with some of this J. Jonah Jameson stuff. He's going to have to deal with the whole getting framed for Mysterio's actions. Because two years from now, so much shit's going to happen. Even if you do it in exposition, you really have to get him further ahead. I, I, I loved... The end credit scenes, but the more I think about him, the more I think you kind of pigeon your old yourself to making him stay a little bit younger. But I really need him to be close to out of high school soon. Um, and then looks fucking old too. The yeah. only ones who, who don't really who can still kind of pull it off are Flash and Betty. Um, MJ's kind of almost getting to that point, she could probably do another another movie or two being in high school, but Tom Holland and Ned are fucking, you're not going to pull this off for much longer. So you got, you got to fucking do something.
3: Still nothing will look like Tobey Maguire trying to be a high schooler.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's,
3: that's cr-
0: all, um, all of them. I mean, Joe Manganiello uh, as, as flash. I mean, yeah. oh, hilarious. 30 years old, man, I mean, six, five and 30 years old. I mean, Jesus.
2: So, yeah. Uh, He was like
3: the super duper
2: senior. But like I said, I don't have a lot of problems with this movie. I I really super enjoyed myself. I loved Homecoming. Um, I I think the other thing that these Spider-Man movies have going for them are using villains that you haven't used before. Because Spider-Man, next to Batman, or even on par with Batman, has the best rogues gallery ever. I mean it, the the way he uses the way they use his villains in the comics are fucking mind-blowingly good. So his rogues gallery is quite magnificent.
3: I got to go back going- and hit up some some old Spider-Man comics because it's like I've just read books of his just here and there and mostly it's just oh. him showing up in another thing I'm reading. So I like need a, re- a right. list of required Spider-Man reading.
2: See, my stuff was all like late 80s, early 90s, sub mid 90s. Um, but it hit his rogues gallery isn't so much a reflection of him like Batman's rogues gallery is. His rogues gallery really is just the most how can we fuck up Peter's life more than it already is constantly getting fucked up? And it's not, there's no rhyme or reason. You're not not dealing with your alternate personality. You're just dealing with someone fucking sinister who wants something for their own personal gain and to fuck over Spider-Man at the same time. So Vulture was smart. You know, they they did Vulture good enough. None of these are like real personal agendas on spider-man until you get into issues where they're like been captured by spider-man so many times that they now are like pissed at spider-man because of it none of these really start out with a vengeance against spider-man with the exception of Venom.
0: yeah well yeah and that's what yeah at the end of end of homecoming when the the scene where uh you know uh gargan who is scorpion ends up being scorpion um Talking to, you know, Vultures like, hey, you're in here because of him. I heard you know who his identity is, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, because if you think about it, we've had what? We've had Shocker, Vulture, Mysterio. We really haven't, I mean, haven't seen Scorpion as a, as a, like a super, a super villain. Right. But of course, Mysterio is dead. So you have, like, right now, you've got three of the Sinister Six yeah. uh, that can still be used again. And I would love to to have, you know, a, a, a Craven, a oh. you know, Doc Ock, yeah. you know, so, you know, so, it, that kind of thing. And, and uh, I would love to see uh, whether it's not the main villain in the next movie, but a, a major one as you kind of do a Craven's last hunt. Yes.
3: Type of story. I know That'd you can't do it completely. That, that's one of those runs that I've read.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and yeah, and the, 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 ho- the actually in the Easter egg, the, the hotel <laughs> off the canal when they first got there was the Hotel Dave Mateus, Mateus, and he was one of the Spider-Man writers. He wrote Craven's Last Hunt. Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah, there's a ton of author. There's a ton of uh, uh, Dave Michelini, who's a co-creator of Venom. There was was his name on something. There's a ton of comic book numbers and references to the Elementals and Hydro Man and all over this movie.
3: That's really cool. I I love it when they throw that stuff in.
2: You know, saying that, I actually think that They set up Craven's last stand in this, the end credits of this movie with the J. Jonah Jameson stuff and revealing Peter's identity. I think that could lead into Craven going after Peter to exterminate because of what he brought on to London. That's actually not a fucking bad idea how to introduce Craven. Then you're not, you're not, you still have green goblin you could pull into you could actually pull in harry osborne into this at like him hiring craven to get rid of peter
3: yeah those are all cool ideas i i'd love to see them do that on the big screen
2: fuck yep god damn it yeah (laughs) The, the more i think about this movie the more i like it but i really loved homecoming like i i think homecoming was it it was a great Initial movie, the fact that they didn't have to rely on an origin story—that you already knew who this kid was—but yet you're still introducing these characters, so it is kind of almost an origin story. Um, the the only thing—the
0: only—the the only thing that when you say that, like I'm th- when I was again watching Homecoming this morning, uh, was you know, of course we didn't, we don't have the origin, we've never seen it, but. Don't you have a hard time thinking that this version of Peter Parker was so selfish and money hungry and egocentric that he allowed a burglar to run by him and, and who
2: ends up right. killing Uncle
0: Ben? I mean, it's, he's he's right. such a nice kid. I mean, he's not. You know,
2: it's it's crazy. But I think I think they could actually do it a different way. And, and the fact that they didn't have to do Ben's origin and show him and show how Ben died, and you could totally not use that whole wrestling bit yeah. to to make his origin story, which I think is, I, again, fucking, I think Homecoming was super smart.
1: Bonesaw and, is ready. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm so but, glad they didn't do the origins shit again. I think picking up and expanding more on his beginning days where he's super still unsure of himself and still learning how to be Spider-Man is a much more compelling story than showing, you know, uncle Ben die for the fucking third reboot in a row, basically. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I, I think in the end, I really fucking loved far from home. I, I don't think it's quite up there with homecoming, but I think it's close. I think if you tighten that movie up a little bit, cut out, 10 15 minutes i think that's a much tighter movie and on par with homecoming um i didn't have a problem with any of the acting i think i again the fact that nick fury or samuel l jackson was playing it kind of off with the reveal at the end makes fucking perfect sense like you're just like oh shit that's actually kind of smart um
0: you mean the Alex Jones, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, with DailyBugle.net? .net? Yeah,
2: yeah. Which I I thought was a hell of a nod to the Spider-Man game, which I would because that's that's all you get in the Spider-Man game is you get like podcasts of the Daily Bugle.
0: Um, of course, right? And they also David they also did a direct to the game too when he was swinging uh, doing a selfie of himself. Yes, peace sign yes! is
2: directly out of the game. Directly, yeah, what you can right. what you can
0: take pictures of during the game, selfie wise.
2: Yeah. but yeah, I really I I did love this movie. Um, I again, I think the first half is good. I think the second half is fucking as solid of a movie as you're ever going to get with Spider Man. Um, yeah,
3: I totally agree with that assessment there that that the first half was good and the second half was I mean pretty fucking epic.
1: Yeah.
2: So. Again, love that movie. I, I could talk about this, and, and we will talk about this all fucking day. I'm <laughs> so stuck to so we'll talk about
3: it. Yeah, I, I loved this movie. I, I was smiling ear from ear from beginning to end, and I, absolutely the first part of it was slow. But but I felt like it had just enough you know, like plot building points and, and humor and stuff in it that, that it, it did a fairly good job of keeping my interest up the whole time. Uh, But man, once it once it ramped up and really kicked into the that next gear and it it feels like that really happens after uh, the the Mysterio reveal that, you know, even me being like, you know, a casual Spider-Man fan, I knew enough of the comics to know that, okay, this isn't going to be a good guy. There is going to be a turn here and and seeing how it hinged on, you know, he just he was just doing that because he needed to get those Edith glasses and then seeing how that worked into his plan um, I, I I I think that this was a really smart written movie. I I on the one hand, it's nice to to, to think that maybe it'd be better if it would have had a little bit of a faster beginning. But but I don't know. I'm I'm really happy with the way it played out. I've I've only seen it the one time. At this point, it was like 24 hours ago exactly that I would have yeah. been
2: 52 <laughs> minutes into the movie.
0: So how how did he know? How did uh, Mysterio know about
2: the Edith glasses? Because what a, someone had helped Tony. One of the people that One was One of on the other ones. Team. Okay. Yeah, Um but I I I agree. I really think Jake Gyllenhaal sold that performance because even though we know, me and Joe we're like we're so on board knowing that you know he's going to turn. I think he did a good job playing the good Mysterio, the Absolutely. good guy to Peter. You know, I I think it was played. Really smart, you know. He really sold the performance. It didn't feel like he was overacting the performance. He was doing everything that you would do to kind of gain someone's trust in that situation. Being the, you know, the actor that he is, you know, he he made it. He didn't foreshadow it if you didn't know. I think if you go into this having no idea who the fuck Mysterio is. I think that villain turn is going to surprise you because of how well Jake Jalen Hall pulled off that character.
0: You mean you're not going to have people like in Winter Soldier like, "Oh, that's Bucky."
2: Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like,
0: I remember before it came out, people when uh, on comments, and people were like, "Well, spoilers, like spoilers, it's been in the storyline forever." Yeah. So
3: just cuz you're not just cuz you're not a hardcore fan and like, you know. Or you apparently don't know how the internet works. Yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly. I think that was uh, Ed Brubaker.
3: That was Ed Brubaker who wrote that original Winter Soldier run, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I've got that in trade format. It's fucking good. So, um, Joe, using the Supercast rating system, what would you rate this?
0: Oh, wow. (laughs)
3: Supercast. I would give it a... I give it a high
0: Padawan uh, homecoming is, is a Jedi. And this is uh again, second half of this movie is a Jedi. First half is, is just kind of okay to me. So, but like I said, just immensely. Just great. As far as the character, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Zendeha I think she's did a, she was much, I liked her a lot in this, in this yeah. movie. A lot. She had a really, she had a lot more to chew on, you know, cause she was more of an integral character versus yeah. homecoming. She was just a piece here, a piece here and a piece here. And, uh, but you know, I wish I know with this, you know, the end end credit, um, or no, the mid credit is I would have liked for, you know, her and him with the identity to be secret, you know, with them, versus you know she just found out and then now everybody everybody knows so i yeah. don't know where, where, where i don't know where they're gonna go with that but uh but yeah it's a, i mean really strong entry right you know post endgame you know kind of closing out the, this phase of uh of mcu
3: yeah looking at it in that aspect this was a really really good movie to have come out right after endgame david yeah. how would you rate this one
2: yeah i'm Exactly the same as Joe at this point. I fucking completely Jedi homecoming. I love that movie. Um, And I, this is a super high bad one for me Um, far from home. Just again, you tighten that movie up. I think this is a Jedi all day, but I think it's going to take that tightening up to push it past that. No matter how many watches, I don't think it'll go down in a rating for me. But it's not quite there at a Jedi. Yet. It's definitely a super high pad one. It's it's man, you take ten minutes, uh, that's an easy Jedi.
3: Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So and then listeners, if you are unfamiliar with the supercast rating system, uh Joe and David basically both gave it a four out of five, right? Something yeah. like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, you know, the the one thing that I that I disagree with is for me, I felt like this was a stronger movie than Homecoming. I felt like Homecoming had slow mm-hmm. parts in it, that the the placement of the slow parts in the movie um, kind of made it drag more for me. Um, and so I for me, I'd actually give Homecoming a high Padawan, and I'd give this one a Jedi. So I, I'd give this one a five out of five over Homecoming for me. But, you know, maybe I do need to let it settle a little more. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. I'm just going on 24 hours now since my first watch. Right. But, but for I, I felt like the humor and the action hit a lot more in this one for me. Um, you know, not not to take anything away from from Homecoming. I thought that that was a great one also. But, but at the moment, this one's ranking higher for me.
0: Well, I think this one I, I really haven't looked at online stuff, but I think this one is higher rated than homecoming if i'm not mistaken Um, from the fans fans, it seems
2: like that far from home is being better received than a lot of the mcu movies which i you know i think it's up there as far as being one of the great mcu movies but it's not like it's not to me it's not endgame good it's not fucking infinity war good it's not it it's it's not even Iron Man good, which is still it. It's like Endgame and Iron Man for one and two for me. Um, so I, I, I don't get the love that that much love for this movie. I, I get it's good and I, I but I don't see it as being one of the top two or three MCU movies of all time.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a mu- it's a much better post-Endgame movie than what Ant-Man and the Wasp was, you know, yes. post, post, what, Infinity War? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, this, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering now, you know, we know, I think the, uh, technically, the, the, the Marvel-Sony partnership deal is technically over unless they renew it. So Sony right. can, Sony right now can say, well, hey, man, you know, thanks for the push-off. Uh, And we'll take it from here and they will, you know, certainly go into a steep free fall. (laughs) David, we've talked, we've talked about this. I, I I really think there's part of these executives. that think, you know what? We got it from here. We know what to do. And they, they could take that character and just totally go with it. And that's the last time we see him in the MCU. It could happen. I I hope it
2: doesn't. Well, and Uh, and that, that's a problem because like Sony would be dumb to do this. And and I'm, I'm saying this so matter of factly, because they are getting everything out of this deal. They're getting the use of the MCU. They're getting, you know, the push of the MCU behind this. You're, You're getting Kevin Feige's direction and, and how these, this franchise should go. And you don't have to worry about paying Marvel or Disney anything. Nothing. This is completely Sony money that it's making. Exactly. It's, it's not giving anything to Marvel or Disney. So you would be dumb to get rid of this relationship in in exchange for letting the MCU, MCU use Spider-Man, which is all they're doing. They're not using any of his villains. They're not using any of his other characters. They are using just Spider-Man. And if that's your trade-off, you'd be fucking stupid to be like, ah, we got it. We're good. We don't need you anymore.
3: Yeah, Dumb. yeah I know. Why would you want to take him out of what is becoming one of the biggest things in movie pop culture ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a per- right now it's, it's just
0: a perfect using Spider-Man, Laura's symbiotic relationship where each of them is benefiting from this. You I know, see we'll, what you
2: did there. I saw, you saw I
0: it. I was trying, clever to be, motherfucker. I'm trying to be tricky. I'm doing finger guns right now. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but yeah. But again, the only thing that I wish that they, they would do, which they're not going to do because Venom shockingly made like almost $900 million <laughs> is, is, to, is to really do a Venom Spider Man story uh, and do it justice on a screen, you know? So, I don't know. That's that's wishful thinking on my part.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, with the way the direction they actually went with Venom, which was now he's more of an anti hero than he is, you know, anything else. Like, he, 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 it have still that him as Spider-Man boss and Spider-Man still tries to take it. There's, there's not so much conflict as it is Spider-Man trying to get him, get Venom to stop killing people as, you know, as opposed to the, or killing bad guys, not just random people. Cause that, you know, Venom's at this point only killing villains Yeah. So if you try to if you bring Spider Man over or Venom over, it it could be that whole Spider Man and Venom clashing because of different ideologies on the on their bad guys. But it would also give if you turn Venom into this, okay, I'm not I'll maim a bad guy, but I won't kill him, and he ends up respecting Spider Man, that's how you get the spider across his chest and you turn Venom into Venom instead of the white veiny shit that they have on them.
1: That's a really I th- great I think, idea.
2: I know. I, you know, there's, there's, I have moments and it usually happens when I'm super high and I just happen to be <laughs> super high right now. Um,
3: it's just your magical <laughs> getting high powers.
2: <laughs> exactly. I, I can fucking, I can put together a fucking movie franchise in my own head <laughs> But um, no, I th- I think you can fucking you could totally do that now and make Venom more Venom and, and feel more like Venom and not so disconnected. You could start bringing that over to Spider Man, and and I just you know I worry that they're just gonna Sony's gonna just fuck it up and and do whatever the fuck they want and not have any idea how to control this universe
0: can you can you believe i can't remember what the amount was that they bought spider-man and all these villains it was like for it's like 10 million dollars or some stupid stupid low amount of money because marvel was was going bankrupt and needed any kind of cash and they had the opportunity to buy, you know, the, the Iron Man's and all, that. they're like, we don't want that shit. We want, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> because I mean, if you think about it. I mean, Spider-Man is like even, um, you know, old, uh, somebody posted on the army page, like old underoos commercial, I think. Mm-hmm. And what's on there, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, Spider-Man. So it's yep. Spider-Man yeah. is the, is the draw. Like, yeah, we don't want that. Iron Man he gives a shit about Iron Man and all those other ones. So, yeah,
3: it makes me think of those, uh the Chinese knockoffs. Have you ever oh seen yeah. Pictures of those toys, where it's like, like <laughs> Friends with Sense of Honor League or something. Like no, that? it was it's the Sense of Right Alliance. It's, it was go. Shrek. It was
0: Shrek, <laughs> Superman. It was uh, the, the the car from Cars. It was Batman, Spider Man,
3: Lightning McQueen was in there. Mc- yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the ultimate crossover. <laughs> You picture Lightning McQueen panting after the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That'd be a better story than Cars Two. Oh my gosh!
2: So Might be a better story wonder, than Cars One.
0: <laughs> uh, I wonder. I wonder what they're going to do. Wonder what. Uh, wonder what Venom Two. Like, what's the villain going to be in Venom Two? To be the draw? I think you're,
2: you got to pull in Carnage at that point.
3: Yeah, because didn't they set that up in that one with a post-credits
0: scene? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, you mean
3: something. you mean you mean at the end
0: when Woody Har- Woody Harrelson said, "There's going to be carnage," like <laughs> so yeah. on the nose.
3: Like, come on.
1: <laughs> really?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sony can totally do this without the MCU.
1: <laughs> oh god.
3: <laughs> That's fucking laughable.
0: I I can't stand when they have that. Like, hey, audience, we're telling you, this guy is Cletus Cassidy who becomes (laughs) Carnage but we will say the word so you know what we're talking about.
2: Which if you have to be told you have no idea anyways. Exactly. Exactly.
3: That's a very good point. Gosh. Dude, I've, a coworker a long time ago gave me the the digital code for Venom and so I've had it in my movies anywhere for a long time I still haven't watched it.
2: It's, honestly, I like Venom. It's not it, it's worth watching because Tom Hardy and the symbiote are fucking brilliant together. Tom Hardy really like puts on a masterclass. Oh absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It doesn't work with If Tom Hardy somebody know, like, else it does not work. I like Tom no, Hardy,
3: so absolutely. I should check it out.
2: Yeah. It really is. Like it's not It, it has serious issues. It has some fucking stupid lazy writing but the idea is there you you can you can see the potential in there and again fucking tom hardy so pulls it off i really do want to see him and tom holland act across from one another i think i think it would be fucking brilliant i, I uh.
0: Oh Joe oh, Joe, damn. you say you haven't seen it
3: yet or no, I have not you, seen it yet.
0: I, oh, I, Joe. Own it oh, I th- haven't
3: watched it. Yet. Oh, dude, I thought you saw it in theater, but you, you haven't seen it on digital <laughs> no, you know? no. no Joe, you need to watch it yeah, you need to watch this. you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, Joe. I, I've heard if you just want to separate yourself from the comics and be like just go into this and don't look at it like this is venom. Sure, it's called venom it, and it right a sim, uh, uh, <laughs> what are they, what do they call it in there a symbiote. Symbiote. symbiote
0: symbiote 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 they They did that in the I think they they corrected it in the final movie but yeah the trailers symbiote
3: eat
0: your symbiotes
3: for breakfast yeah right (laughs) I'll 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 put that on my agenda it's it's one of those ones I've been wanting to watch but there's just too much
1: shit I I still you you gotta watch it.
3: You're like Venom or Thor: Dark
0: World. I mean, that's a tough <laughs> choice for me. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah. how do you weigh that?
3: No, you Keep go to drinking fucking, that rum. You go to choice C and fucking watch something else. <laughs> like I still haven't jumped into Stranger Things three yet. Oh, dude, need to do oh, that. So good. Oh god, so much. Season
0: two was a letdown for me. This is right up there with season one. Man, this it was so good.
3: Oh, that's good to hear.
0: Yeah, they. Ugh gosh yeah I, I, bl- I blasted that yesterday all day I couldn't I mean every they 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 left things on cliffhangers there was oh, great great gore and body horror stuff and characters I mean it was yeah this was superb
3: that's awesome oh man I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear it uh, I, I didn't like season two as much as season one but I enjoyed season two And so hearing that you liked it even more, you know, you thought it was up there with season one. I'm I'm just extra excited.
0: Well, and the and the and really, this they did a brilliant job. This is no spoiler or anything. They did a brilliant job of using the '80s and the culture and the stuff and the songs and the mall and the store. They 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 made that almost a whole other character. I was just I'm watching. So they they. Uh, it's a closed down mall in Georgia that um, they, you know, made a gap and they made, uh, you know, Walden books. They made all these places in the 80s. And I'm looking at it. It just reminds me of the mall when I was a kid that we went to, that that, that was a place to go to. You know, it's it's funny how times have changed. But, yeah, the way they, they used all of that was just was for, for somebody who loves the 80s. It was just awesome.
2: That's sweet. Oh, we should probably dive back into Spider-Man.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, you think? I fucking go from Spider-Man to Far From Home to Stranger Things.
3: Oh, I know, right? I'm like, fuck, we're really in the weeds. Let's let's just admit it and get back to it. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to do like a like a, a bigger breakdown on the movie and really kind of dive into it like in a linear fashion?
2: Absolutely.
3: Okay, sweet. What what did you think? Of this opening scene uh, down in Mexico, where we see Nick Fury and Maria Hill uh, kind of investigating uh, what what Fury calls the says the locals say the cyclone had a face, and then this is where we first get to see Quentin Beck as well.
2: I I liked it. I, again, this is this could have been one of the things that you trim out of the movie, even though it wasn't very long. I it, it's not necessary. I think it's a way to introduce people to Mysterio who don't know who Mysterio is. Um, I don't think it was needed, but I also, at the same time, didn't mind it. It was like, Yeah, I get it. You're kind of pandering to the lowest common denominator who's going to see this movie. So It is what it is. And I was actually kind of glad to see that Maria Hill was in it. I don't know that I knew that she was. I think I had only seen Nick in the previews.
0: Yeah. Well, that was, in the, in the trailers, that was with him saying, you know what, part of this was indicating he was talking to Peter in, like, London, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wonder, do you think, with knowing that we now know that they were scrolls? because I'm thinking about this movie, I'm like, there's, there's no way that Fury and all these people would be fooled by this multiverse theory and just going off the word from this guy. Right. You know what I mean? Is it because they were? Is because they weren't Fury and Hill? But I'm sure they're still communicating with with Fury and Hill. So I found that a little. Come on, I mean, as detailed and thorough as as those characters are, this dude just shows up and you're like, oh yeah, I'm from I'm just I'm from another another universe.
3: Yeah, well, and, and I like how that worked out. It, in a way, they're relying on MCU fans to stick around you know, and, and watch these and credit scenes to even be able to get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like it was a linchpin for the plot because otherwise you would seriously be saying, what the fuck, you know, Fury's not the kind of guy who falls for this stuff.
2: Yeah. But I think uh, that's the other thing is that I think if you take this scene out and you, you don't introduce Mysterio until you get to London I think in the back of your mind, maybe you have the idea that Fury's already vetted it, and that you don't need you don't need to think about it. I think the fact that you throw this in in the beginning kind of starts throwing shade on on fear on who Fury is, because Fury wouldn't just buy the fact that this dude's from another dimension. He would he would investigate it. If you take this scene out and you put, you know, the first time you see Mysterio and Fury explaining everything, you've thought you've at least thought that Fury has investigated investigating all this and made sure that his his claim is legit.
3: Okay, sure. So so you're saying that you think the movie could have done without this scene whatsoever, and you'd have been fine. Just meeting Mysterio in that basement in Venice for the first time, and then just being like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's working yeah, Fury. Fury's already checked him out,
2: right?" Because honestly, if, if this first scene is the scene where you're kind of like, it starts throwing shade on as to who Fury is, because it, it, you would never Fury would never just buy the word of some dude who's like, "I'm from a different dimension." He would do everything he could to find out who the fuck this guy was and everything else.
3: You know, that's a really good point, but, but that, that stuff could be explained by the fact that, that Quentin Beck had a whole team of super smart people working with him. Uh, He acknowledges the one bit when he's in the bar saying that they created the, uh, the electromagnetic spikes or whatever, the energy signatures to, to fool shield, and then with with him right. introducing himself that first time with Fury actually being there while all these buildings are coming apart and this Earth Elemental is coming up and tearing things up and then seeing that the Quentin Beck's somebody that can fight him. And right. on top of everything, it's yeah. not, you know, it's Talos being fooled. So right. so in the end, it all makes sense to to me anyway. Joe, what yeah. did you think yeah. of
0: that? Yeah, um, like I said, that that's that's the only like little issue I had with that. Um and I think I had that in the in the trailers. So I'm like, there's no way he's gonna believe him, but he's just kinda gotta get just get past that. Um but I, I do wanna say uh, I'm gonna throw shade at David if David uses the throw shade thing for a third time. I fucking
2: and, hey, <laughs> you stop that you know you love it. <laughs> 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 What's the other one you can't stand? Hold on. Wait, wait. Um, Is
0: it? Oh, oh, feels. The, the feels. Oh, oh the yeah. Feels. I hate it. Yeah, oh, my God. I
3: hate it when people refer to a group of friends as their squad. It's like, dude, unless it's the monster squad, get the fuck out Come of on. here. Come on,
0: squad. Get <laughs> <the>
3: <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> I think squad. I've seen episodes in Justice League Unlimited, though, where Batman was throwing shade. Literally. <laughs> Batman can do whatever the hell he wants. Joe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to use my crickets drop there, but you know, you're <laughs> too quick on your feet, Vitaly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they cut and, uh, you know, from the trailers we saw, I mean, they cut out some things like him getting his passport and the, the
3: bodega guy talking yeah. to him about his trip. So they, they cut yeah. out, they cut out a few things. I went through and watched the trailer again this morning and, and caught all that. And I was like, wait, well, he wasn't in there. And, um, I guess it makes sense, though. In, in looking at you know the trickery stuff that that Marvel does with trailers, I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think that's just a matter of that kind of stuff
0: of just trying to cut it out so it's not a two hour and forty some minute movie. Yeah, it uh, isn't like because
3: they, they did anything shocking with.
0: Well, they <laughs> had the whole the the one I think trailer what trailer two. Remember where he catches those crooks and he starts throwing yeah. shade at the cops?
2: That's
1: right. Uh,
0: <laughs> see, uh,
2: fucking you. <laughs> It works, doesn't it, man?
3: <laughs> so
0: that that whole scene, you know, I'm doing your job for you. That kind of so they, they got rid of that too. So interesting. Hmm.
3: Uh, what did you see when, or what did you think in that next scene where we get the the school? Uh, so it's like the in memorandum, or no, that's that's an office memo in memoriam, <laughs> in memoriam with the the superheroes that fell, and then the 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 back and forth. Between Ugh. between those two students on the video had me fucking cracking up, and then this is where we learned that they they, they well, came up with a term for, for after the snap, and they're calling it the blip.
2: What did we get that, or did we get the the scene with um him and May at it might, the? It might have been
3: function. him and May. I, my, my notes are very very spotty, so let me know if I am fucking. Yeah, this up.
0: it's it's all around the same time period where she's at yeah. at the at the the shelter and. And they're doing that. Okay, but that not- was
3: the part with the with, with where he was on the the stage and all that, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, that
2: was in the trailers. Yeah, and then Happy Hogan comes in and starts flirting with May and fucking. <laughs> it, that was the little trickery where, like, they cut out the May walking off and Peter looking at Happy like, "What was that?"
1: Yeah. Where you
2: kind of it, the the trailer made you think that both him and May were there when he was saying that. Um, but I, I love that it established the, the relationship between him and Happy, whereas like, Happy was kind of standoffish in the first film. Now he's definitely more present in Peter's life. And even though you kind of feel it's for May, you, like, he, you feel a little bit, you feel the closeness between him and Peter at this point.
0: Yeah, it's more like a, like an uncle almost.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, totally. I liked seeing that change in the character too, because because you're right. In Homecoming, it was like he didn't want anything to do with Peter, Like a total dick okay. to
2: him.
0: Yeah, the stuff in Homecoming, especially at the
3: beginning, where where he's Peter's doing that like video,
0: you know, vlog <laughs> with everything and <laughs> with Happy, it was just
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that that was I love that all that stuff in the first one. But yeah, so this one, you he goes from there and then kind of gets overcome by the crowd gets out of there and then he goes up on the rooftop and then there's that mural of Iron Man up there, which we saw in the trailer.
3: Okay. Yeah. Doesn't he see that mural from the trailer though? Doesn't he see that when he's in Europe? That might be later in the movie, but, but no, I know what you mean. Okay. So from there, then it rolls into the, the, the school film. And then with the kids talking about the blip and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. What did you guys yeah. think of that? I thought that was fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't, re- I forgot that they did one of those in homecoming too. So they did a, you know, a homecoming video, which was cheesy and not as cheesy as this one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like the um, school news type thing. Yeah. So now the other thing again, and I must've missed this. I know they talked about it, but the dude who was five years older, who was still in their
3: class, why was he still in their class? See, I I took that as he must have been younger than them, but they knew him because they were all in the same school, and now he's in their class. That that was okay. the only thing I could figure is maybe he was someone's younger brother or something like that. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, how fucking stupid is this kid that he's repeating school from five years ago? But they were talking about. Yeah, they about- they
2: do say they make a comment about how someone's brother was you know five years ago is now part of our class and it's brad basically who's in their class now so it, it he is just basically a sibling of one of the other kids who is not in their class any longer
0: but why why would he be five years older than them in the same class I'm no the, maybe. he
2: wasn't he was five years younger when they blipped and now he's five you know now that the five years has passed he's now in their class
3: yeah, so they remember their memories of him is of a kid that was five years younger than that, and now he's like their yes. same age, and he's like <laughs> he got muscles and shit. Like okay, that. So all right, like, all, right so, all right, to, all right. To me, he looked much older than that. That's that. Maybe that was my
2: thing. I thought he was. Yeah, know, like, he definitely. He looked like he did not look like a teenager. He was okay, almost. No, he was almost it. Joe Ma- Magnum, Mag- whatever the fuck his name is.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, totally.
2: Uh, in in the first Spider-Man, so. Yeah. Don't you
0: go! Don't throw shade at Joe Manganiello. I will.
2: <laughs> Dude's fucking married to a gorgeous chick, built like a fucking shithouse. Who's he married? Fuck he's him. married?
0: He's married to
2: Sophia Vergara, isn't it?
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, somebody when somebody posted something about oh, Joe, he must be pissed that he's that he's uh, not going to be in the future DC movies. I'm like, dude, he goes he goes home to her. I mean, give me a yeah. break. I mean, he wins. Exactly. He wins every day. He's yeah. married
3: to her, and he plays D and D on the regular. Okay, he's winning. Yeah. <laughs> he is.
1: He is. He is
2: one life. There is no fucking no one else who is one life better than that dude. Right
3: <laughs> well, I think it would be more impressive if you tell me she he got her playing D and D too. Yeah, it's like exactly All right, this guy needs to write a book, and everyone needs yeah. to follow his steps.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think. I think one of my favorite moments in that whole video piece was the fucking basketball game and the fucking band reappearing <laughs> in the middle of the basketball game. I did not expect that. I fucking laughed so hard. Oh. I thought that was one of the funniest sight like, gags in the whole movie where I was just like, oh, shit, that's funny.
3: Does that mean that if you were in an airplane, like like a transatlantic flight, and you it would you blip back? Did you just appear fucking 30,000 feet over the Atlantic Ocean?
0: I mean, oh. You mean,
3: yeah, you appear like, like in the cartoons, you know,
0: where the plane goes real yeah. fast and you're like hovering in the air and then you fall five seconds oh later.
3: <laughs> yeah, hopefully Tony thought around all those angles. Don't think about that, Joe. Come on. <laughs> well, think. I would like to think about it and I'd like to think that Tony did think around those angles because he was yes. a genius, right? And he yeah. probably thought that the marching band appearing in the middle of the court was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> 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 and he was right. <laughs> Oh, man. So they're getting a two-week summer field trip because basically they said the school year started over with the blip, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
3: so they, they get a two-week summer break and they, it's the whole premise of this film, why they're going to Europe. And what Joe, what did you think of... Do you think it was selfish that that um, that Peter's wanting to have this summer break without any hero stuff? I mean, in my mind, I feel like he did enough Right, I mean, he was dead oh, for a while. He came back. He fought in the fucking giant battle in game. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a fucking high schooler, and he he should have some time to himself to be a kid.
0: That's 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 a whole that's whole, one of the whole core of the character is is being is trying to you know balance that you know dual identity type thing and uh, yeah, I mean, just let's go to let's you know let's go overseas. I love it where she's like you know. Uh, where he's, you know, going to pack this, you know, she wants him to pack the suit and she'd throw the banana at him. And then talks about the, <laughs> the Peter, the Peter Tingle thing. It was freaking, oh my it was God, genius.
2: Peter Tingle. <laughs> it was Even genius.
3: though I saw that in that teaser trailer, I, I still laughed. And I still think oh, see, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, David, uh, Dave and I probably, we, we only watched the first two trailers. I didn't
0: watch anything. I don't watch TV nope. spots. I don't watch anything because I had, as we talked about end game, I had a much, oh. I mean, I don't know how much better of a time I could have had, but, I barely watch anything Endgame related because I wanted to see it firsthand in the movie, and that makes it so much better because I didn't see anything, any of those uh, little, you know, comedic scenes that they they throw in there.
3: Yeah, it was an auto played ad on Facebook, so I was just scrolling and I had no choice because the ad starts off of boom with with her saying "Think fast" and throwing the banana or asking, Damn you, "Are you hungry, Mark Zuckerberg?" And yeah, I know. And so it's like all yeah. right, fuck, that was hilarious. We'll watch it five more times but you know i totally expected it then in the movie it's
2: still funny, I, I actually i i expected them to come out with spider sense at some point in this movie the fact that they didn't i applaud them because i think it would have been real easy to fucking say okay we gotta stop calling it the peter tingle to run with that joke <laughs> through the whole fucking movie and not call it what it actually is fucking so smart i was like i kept going someone's gonna call it the spider sense someone's gonna call it the spider sense. nope to the very end of that movie, Peter Tingle. Oh, God damn, that cracked me up.
3: <laughs> what did you think of the the whole uh, seat switching sequence in the airplane and how that all panned out?
2: Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought Ned played that perfectly. Like That's <laughs> that's such a fucking stupid Ned thing to do. Where he's like the, you know, come up with some fucking elaborate lie to get Peter out of you know out of the seat or whatever and fucking bam he gets screwed over even more i they really fucking nail peter in this in these movies and especially this first two movies of just the fucking shit luck that peter parker has oh 100
0: 100 his 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 facial expressions and like the first half of this movie are all like
2: oh, man, yeah. Jesus is like,
0: everything <laughs> is going wrong. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, anything, like, for Peter, it, in the comics, it's always, if something can go fucking wrong, it's going to go wrong, and it's going to go as horribly wrong as it can for Peter. <laughs> and it, it fucking nails that every time, because you're like, oh, maybe that this, is, you know, it seems like something that should work, technically. But, of course, instead of it, you know, coming Coming to fruition as easily as planned out, it becomes so much more complicated than it should be and fucks Peter over in the most impossible ways ever. So, I and I fucking love Martin Starr and JB Smooth in this movie. I love that they brought Martin Starr back and his fucking spiel about his wife <laughs> faking the fucking blip <laughs> fucking I killer. Forgot about that alone is one of the funniest moments. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's
0: like, we had a, he goes, we had a fake funeral. Well, it was a real funeral, but you know, she, she, yeah. she fake leaving me. She left me. and
2: Oh my God. It was so funny. And like JB smooths like whole thing about not even wanting to be there. He's like, I'm fucking taking an ambient and I'm out. Peace out bitch. I'm done. You get the first two shifts. I'll take the third shift. I'm done. Peace. And like, Oh, so, fuck, that was so this is where, like the first part of this movie was really shiny like you get you get the sense of Peter just wanting to have a normal existence, which is what he wants in the comics, but his responsibility always outweighs his own personal needs, and I think this is a great setup for that.
3: I like how this started to set up the cause before Peter was just paranoid about Brad trying to get with MJ and now he's really seeing it happen <laughs> to where Brad even has the, the headphone splitter like was part of Peter's plan. Yes. And they do that. And they do
0: that. Like when that's happening and then you hear, you know, you know, sit back and relax for a 13 hour flight, <laughs> you know, and he's, he's next to the, he's next to the teacher. What did, did the teacher, uh, did the teacher offer him something.
2: Oh uh-huh. no, no! So J.B. Smooth is passed out on his on his right, and Martin Starr looks over and goes, "Oh, you have a tumble. Let's watch a movie." And like, <laughs> like Peter's like, "Oh, fuck. like I don't want to want to watch a movie with you of all people. Like, this is bullshit."
3: <laughs> the teacher's like, "I'm going to take the aisle seat because I have a small bladder." <laughs> Oh, Jesus! How can this get any worse? Thirteen-hour flight, smashed between Ooh. two people you don't want to be sitting next to. Uh, oh,
0: God. I hate airplanes. I hate freaking airplane people. So,
3: oh right, that's oh, the worst. Yeah, I've done that transatlantic flight. Fucking bold directions with a middle seat. It is not fun. Oh, <laughs> no, fuck no, that. Yeah. No. No. Granted, I no, had my no. wife next to me, so I mean that that was cool. But yeah did you did you claim did you claim the Whoever the person
0: was, it just to you? No, it was you said middle. But the person on the other side, of you did you claim
3: that armrest at the oh, beginning? Oh, I, I claimed you stake your armrest.
0: Claim? Good. All right. Good.
3: <laughs> it was a it was like a kind of a long distance coworker. Like we worked for the same company, but we'd never met before. But he, he ended up being a pretty cool guy. But but yeah, he got the aisle seat, and, and Lindsay got the aisle seat on the other side of me. So it's like, oh fuck, middle, very middle of the fucking plane. So yeah, I felt for Peter. And, and he, he was able to get out of that seat to go to the bathroom a fuck a load easier than I was able to. Oh, yeah. He just I, reached I, I up and grabbed like that, that luggage kind of, rack and popped over him. That was cool.
2: <laughs> I thought that was smart. I'm like, yeah, that one kind of sucked. But then you are Spider-Man. And the fact that he does it in the middle of the night where no one can really see him pull that kind of shit off. That was smart. That was really good.
3: <laughs> and then, man, when they get to their hotel, what a shithole. <laughs> oh,
2: my
1: God.
3: Like that it's like a National
0: Lampoon's Vacation, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like European vacation when they get yeah. to a, get to shithole.
3: It was a really quick scene, but I swear the guy that was the receptionist at that hotel looked vaguely like Bill Murray. I don't hmm. know if it was actually him, and he just had a weird short little cameo, or if I was just fucking seeing things. But I haven't bothered to look it up.
2: I don't think so, but maybe. I, I... I don't remember. It's It's been a few days. It's
3: it's probably me seeing things. Probably. (laughs) Uh, I I liked how the stuff in Venice worked out, though, and and we knew that the the shit was going down. Oh, okay. Hold on. Before we get that far, we gotta talk about what happened with Ned on the plane, because he gets paired up with...
2: (laughs) 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 Well, I actually... I think that's a hell of a nod to the comics, because that is... that is the Hobgoblin's life, as he falls in love with Betty Brandt, and they get married, and then Ned eventually turns into the Hobgoblin, and Betty's the one who turns him in to the cops, and she actually gets into a relationship with Peter for a little while too. Really? So, yeah. I didn't so, know. Yeah. 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 So I actually I love the fact that they kind of put Ned and Betty together because obviously you're not going to get Ned. In, into being the Hobgoblin maybe ever but it's going to be quite a few pictures down the road because he's definitely older when he gets to that point point. Um, and I think you kind of have to introduce the Green Goblin before you introduce the Hobgoblin but I, I, I think that was like definitely one of those nods of yeah we know what we're doing we're putting Ned and Betty together
3: and I love, by the end of the flight, their boyfriend-girlfriend.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and when that happened, too, I said to myself, I was like, okay, now, when they're on the return trip home, they have to get broken up by the time they get back, because so this is only going to be a two-week-long relationship. And, and I was pretty happy yeah. that that's how that worked out. It was funny. They grew apart.
2: <laughs> they grew apart.
3: In two weeks. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a lot of the shelf life of high school relationships. Sometimes. <laughs> well, when so so the one part that we saw in the trailer where where Peter and Ned are walking into the room and then Ned gets darted and and Fury's sitting there, I loved that whole scene, and I did not imagine it was going to be as funny as it ended up being with all the different people showing up at the door. <laughs> what oh, did you think yeah. of that, Joe?
0: Uh, well, and what's funny was they did it every time. And, and then he would move the the dart gun and then the music, well, you know, and it would be silent. And then when they would talk about the plot, then the music would be there and then it would go away. It, so for, yeah, obviously they did it for comedic purposes and all that, but I thought it was well, well done. But he was like, what did he say? If somebody else comes, the next person that comes through that door is getting it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: man the humor in this movie was just so on point for me
0: yeah they did they did a really mm-hmm. good they did a really good job of, of writing and playing to each character's strength and and uh didn't overdo it i'm i'm a, like i said i'll i i always point out if if there's movies that are trying to force it like you talked about the age of ultron i think guardians mm-hmm. 2 just super trying to force humor into it instead of it coming naturally um So, yeah, I think they did a really good job with that.
3: And uh, did did I skip right past the part with the water elemental attacking? I think they, yeah, because didn't they go out on the, didn't they go out on the, uh, after they checked in the hotel, then they went out on the canal, and then
0: that happened first?
3: Yeah, yeah, that was some... I love that seeing like those big swirls in the water where they were coming in like that. And then just the way that that whole scene played out, it really worked well for me. And the CGI with the water elemental was super cool. Yeah. I love, I love that stuff. And even like in,
0: Sp- in Spider-Man three, the Sandman effects, I love seeing stuff like that, you know, put on screen and, uh, water, water is very hard to do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, in that, in that grand and to be that realistic. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool because then, you know, uh, we, we're, um, we Ned and Betty, were they on, they were on a boat by themselves. Weren't they on a boat by themselves though? When yes. that happened? Yeah. Cause okay. they were yeah, on a gondola
3: Okay. Yeah. Because those, those three drones that were under, which we find out later drones go right under their boat. Yeah. And then kind of yep. disappear. And then when the, it makes that big wave, it just sends them right up onto the sidewalk. I thought that was perfect.
1: Uh,
0: yeah the uh, the uh, and then well right after when that starts happening that's you know when Mysterio comes on board and then kind of Peter you know gets away and what's he throw on that he throws on that
2: it's almost like a Mardi Gras mask Mardi something. Gras mask yeah it yeah. <laughs>
0: <That> was ridiculous <laughs> there's some great I'll tell you there was some great action and web web swinging and mm-hmm. you, I loved you know how they use the webs and. Yeah, was trying to shore up that building and yeah. With and, that bell tower. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've, uh, they've got, they've got the, the Spidey poses and flips and all that. They've really got it down pat. I I would like them to do. I, I always like to, to do more natural stuff. You know what I mean? With, uh, I would love to see a real dude swinging on something at one point, like in the mm-hmm. old 70, 70, Spider-Man TV series guys swinging from building to building. <laughs> uh, but, uh, You know, this, yeah, this, this scene where you you, you really get your first, you know, real Mysterio in action. And I mean, they got it down to the, you know, the triangular effects, you know, that his, his, his manifestations, uh, the the eye, the eye inside the manifestation, you know, that's like the two things on his, uh, on his collar, just really great attention to detail.
3: How do Mysterious Powers work in the comic? Whereas in this movie, it was you know just kind of pilfered Stark tech.
2: It it's not much different, to be honest. I mean, it's not.
3: So it's tech based in, he, in the comics. It's not like a magic or something like that.
2: No, it's not magic. It's definitely tech based. He's he's a master of illusions. He knows how to make you doubt things. Like that's. I don't. It's been a while since I read it, so I'm not sure if I'm 100% correct on this or not. But his illusions are so good that almost anyone will believe them. But I don't know if they actually, if it's something that screws with the brain's chemistry or if it's just his ability to use illusions with the suit.
3: Okay, right on. Um. You know, when we saw Peter fighting that water elemental and, you know, after the fact, yeah, we know it's an illusion, but let's just say he really was fighting a water elemental. How in the hell would Spider-Man have been able to cope with something like that? Because for me watching that fight scene, there was almost like a sense of hopelessness involved in it. Well, yeah, if you're if you're in the comics, you'd have to get uh, uh,
0: like cement or something. You know, there's always oh, lead him to a cement factory. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs)
3: I mean that's what you do. I yeah, mean team I'm, up with Iceman and freeze him or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm sure I'm sure if you look if you look at Hydro Man stuff, it's you know, him getting mixed with something. That's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good point.
3: <laughs> and, and that's me lacking in in uh, just reading, you know, books with those characters in them.
0: <laughs> you know, there's a there's that comic panel like, look, there's let's lead him over to the cement factory. You know, <laughs> yeah, there happens to be one there, you know, and so, you know, and you'd web bags of cement and he would, you know, you'd swing them at him. Right. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. So the, the part, of him, part of him, part of him would, part of him would start to, you know, harden and then you
3: throw another bag at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got this shit figured out. <laughs> That's, come on. Uh, so, uh, it's then kind of jumping ahead to where we're in, uh, Fury's bunker down there in, and he gives uh, Peter the the Stark's glasses that have the Edith in it. Edith being um, an acronym for Even Dead I'm the hero, which I thought was pretty perfect. fucking perfect, Tony, right? Perfect. <laughs> David, do you need
2: do you want well, a pair of those glasses? Be... No, because I look like shit in. the house. <laughs> but before we even get to that point, you get to your you have Peter Colin May down in the lobby as they're like watching everything on, on TV. Oh yes. <laughs> and, and look at Mr. Memory over here. No yeah. Kidding. And again, fucking pot doesn't kill all your brain cells, it just kills the dead ones. It makes room for all this <laughs> shit that I don't need. To keep <laughs> in my head. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, he's talking to me and she's at the volunteer center and happy's there eating her sandwich. And yeah. he's like kind of, he's questioning what the fuck Happy's doing there and shit and just kind of checking in to make sure that he's okay and he comes like, they they inadvertently give Mysterio his name. Which I thought was quite brilliant. And then you get Peter coming up after the phone call and you have Flash gushing about Peter, which they, throw, they threw in the trailer. Gushing about Spider-Man and then Seeing Peter be like, hey, what's up, dickwad? And he was just <laughs> like, you know, the, the whole, again, another comedy beat that just kind of, like, even though you saw it, still played well into that situation. Especially knowing what Peter's going through. Like, he goes to get away, and this is quickly be- becoming the worst fucking trip of his life ever. You know, fucking, his, his fucking seat gets fucked up on the plane he has to fight this he ends up having to become spider-man on his vacation even though he doesn't want to mary jane or mj's getting fucking hit on by brad now fucking, and you still have flash who's just being the fucking biggest cop to to peter the entire time so you're just like <laughs> dude what the fuck this poor bastard can't catch a break
3: is his plan which i which i guess we didn't get into but peter had this plan that he was going to sit next to mj on the flight and he had the headphone splitter so that they could watch the same movies. And then he was going to buy a glass uh, black dahlia in um, in Venice. Which, and he, does. Get, Actually, which he, he does. Which he does gets that. Yeah. And and his whole plan is to give it to her on top of the Eiffel Tower when they stop in Paris. And then tell her how he feels, and hopefully she feels the same way. And he gets a kiss out of it, right? Yep. And, and yeah, so far Peter's plan—the the only thing that's working out is he's gotten the necklace so far.
2: Yeah. Exactly. That's it. That's <laughs> it. one thing he can do right is get something for MJ. And that even ends up falling apart Like, kind of at the towards when he goes to present it to her. But then you get to the you get Fury, Trank, and Ned and him bringing them to this little underground lair. But even Peter who walks up and is like, oh, Mysterio. And gives Mysterio his name. Like, I thought that was fucking smart. And yeah. like, you know, like again we didn't have a name for this guy yet and fucking because of the class the dude gets his fucking his villain name
3: yeah i thought that was a good organic way to give him that name also
2: yeah absolutely like it just kind of slipped out of peter's mouth again fucking tom holland kills this role like you don't ever feel like any of that's forced even though you know that's how you know it's fucking pure exposition of how this dude gets his name, but it feels so natural. It feels very Peter like walking up to someone. And like, oh, Mysterio is like, what? Well, that's what my friends called you. And we were talking about it. Like, I and, like it. They you did know? a hell
3: of a lot better job with that than they did naming Han Solo. In, hey, in- fucking <laughs>
2: goddamn right. <laughs> You're goddamn right, sir.
3: Hmm. No family. Hmm
2: no clan you are solo (laughs) fuck you go fucking suck a dick you motherfuckers
3: (laughs) joe what did you think of the way mysterio got his name in this
2: oh i loved it
0: that's i mean it's uh, yeah how do you name a villain like that and and make it you know natural and organic that's the you know the way that's the way you do it and uh but what, what was what was cool about this scene was remember dan he's like no, I'm out as he's got it under control. Right. And he, and they're like, okay, fine. Cause he's, we're going to, what was the next stop? Cause that was, where I get confused because Prague. they went on all these different, we're going to, um, uh, no, they were going to
2: go to Paris. They were going like, to go to Nick, Paris. Nick takes over their whole, trip. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause, and they had cause the, Fury he had wants The dude to go to with Prague. the bus.
3: <laughs> the dude with the bus. Like we're, we're going to Prague. David, come on. You're the one with the memory. What what was the bus driver's name? That was Fury's guy.
2: I have it was no like Dominic clue. or something like that. Dimitri or something. I'm thinking it was a D. I think it was Dimitri.
3: <laughs> I love it where they stop and the te- the one teacher's like asking where he's at, and like he just stares at him until he goes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck! I wish I could use that more in my life. <laughs> <huh>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was the that was the other thing. So like you get the, you get the whole. My, my fucking vacation is not, you know, I, I get to excuse myself out of this whole fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, and I'm out of here. It okay. is Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And Mysterio can handle all this bullshit. And then fucking Nick Fury hijacks Peter's whole class trip. Fucking upgrades their hotel. They're all like, oh, now this is the fucking life. and Oh, instead of going to Paris, we're going to Prague, and fucking Peter's just sitting there going mother fucker i cannot catch a break and like knowing exactly what's going on and they get on the fucking bus to to go to Prague, and fucking that stop where he's getting changed and brad comes in and takes the picture was fucking <laughs>
1: hilarious so funny
3: <laughs> the lady that made him the new costume, she's just take off your pants.
2: <laughs> right. And, and you're the entire time. You don't think like Brad's this big, this big of a deck where like, you know, it obviously you walk into a weird situation and shit. And the first thing he does is like, fuck this click, click. And you're like, Oh shit. Like Peter's fucked now. <laughs> like the, how many ways can Peter get fucked in a movie?
3: <laughs> yeah, they definitely was now, was
0: that, was that, uh, but was that scene, was that after he activated the glasses and accidentally did the drone strike?
3: No, because that's what, okay. what kind of,
0: that's when that. he
2: did do the drone strike. Cause he was like, he went to, he wanted to get the picture off of Brad's phone. Cause Brad was like, I'm sending this to MJ and fucking, oh, I gotcha. And Peter uh-huh. go is in the back and he's like, I want to, I want to get rid of Brad or something like he doesn't yeah. phrase it right. And the drone comes in. And tries to kill Brad, and you get that scene where he jumps out of the top of the fucking bus to destroy the drone, like that, which looked cool, but you know, physics wise was physics wise was probably impossible, never would have happened. But again, another great fucking comedic moment, like fucking Spider-Man trying to fix all his goddamn problems that he keeps creating. <laughs>
0: and i'm looking I'm looking at IMDB and the voice of Edith is she's been a basically a, a assistant director going back to Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Thor the Dark World, uh, Ant Man, and then Homecoming and Far from Home. She's a first assistant editor, so that's interesting.
3: I'm sorry, I was looking something up here too. totally <laughs> absent-minded. <laughs> That'd have been the good place for the crickets. <laughs> okay.
0: Joe Fag Joe doing some fact checking.
3: Like, <laughs> hey, okay, I can look stuff up too. But that's Ooh. cool that they were able to work her IMDb in. That.
2: Too, motherfuckers.
3: <laughs> if she was, you know, if she was involved in all those other films, that's really cool that they got to work her in with the speaking part. Yeah. Um, I, I love the way that there was that big stark satellite in space and that's what the drone released out of and and then that kind of set the stage for when we see all of them released later on and in you know how much more terrifying that was yeah it's a good lead in to that that pays
0: off later although you would think a new user with glasses that maybe if your first order was to k- kill somebody that wouldn't be yeah <laughs> like
3: right the system would, system would say uh...
0: <laughs> yeah, why would I want
3: to do that why would right Edith have any training wheels right <laughs> yes
0: so, but that was but that was cool. But that was cool when uh, we got everybody distracted, and he didn't he jump off the top, had that Spider Man pose out the you know and webbed the. He drone. He jumped
2: through the top of the bus, yeah. So it was like he jumped from his seat up through the roof, and then it shot the drone down, and then came back down and into his seat.
3: <laughs> his hair was all messed up, and yeah. someone told him that like was it Betty that said she really appreciates his style. Yes. He <laughs> looked like he had motorcycle hair. It was fantastic. Did I just lose you guys? Are you still there? I'm here. Still here. Okay. Oh like
0: outside. Hey, Dave, are you outside?
3: <laughs> I am. Um i knew I it outside. i freaking knew it i was like it got unusually quiet there i was like fuck i think i lost everybody David's i had down, no David's i had i nature. was muting
2: myself because we're in the middle of a thunderstorm oh shit bam and oh, you on cue that was fucking that was <laughs> mysterio like that's pretty cool um <laughs> but like i came out to re-up my high because i was like thinking i might be forgetting shit so <laughs> like, re-up yeah. my high <laughs>
3: I've never heard it put that way. That was big. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Some people keep drinking. <laughs> I keep smoking.
0: So when they, I'm trying to remember now, so when they get to when they get to Prague. Was they he went out night? it was a night mission, wasn't it?
3: Well, yeah, because he had to he the, they knew the fire elemental was going to be striking there and Beck had said that that was the, the worst one, and that was the one that actually destroyed his world. And um, and so Peter comes up with the, he tells Fury, you know, hey, we got to do something to make sure that that all the students stay inside, that they're not out in the carnival. And so that's when they get the opera tickets. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the whole opera bit was had some pretty funny parts in it, too. That and, and when they rolled into that hotel in Prague and the teacher is so proud of himself saying, yeah, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I'm <laughs> thinking that it's all him that he got him also, upgraded yeah. the, the new spots on the trip and everything. Also, uh, going back to the, uh,
0: when, uh, after, what's his name, was trying to take a picture of Peter with his pants down. Afterwards, Smooth Smooth goes up to him and, man, you you don't do that. You don't want to do that.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that was later on in the movie after MJ already knew his secret, right?
0: Oh, no, I no Didn't he? Oh yeah, no. Because I think she, maybe was, you're right. she was like, yes, saying, sir, I, you know, well,
3: what is what is up with you? I question your character that you're taking pictures of people <laughs> in a <the> bathroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just I think of that scene
0: in, in Seinfeld. Kramer, the Polaroid of the dude in the stall. You know, they <laughs> think he's snorting cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Their financial guy, that they're investing with.
3: They think he's on coke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that episode, back. It's can totally picture yo.
0: Oh my God! It's classic. It's 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 an earlier one, but it's uh, Barry Profit is their finance guy, and like he just came back from South America, and he now he's sniffing every time I walk by him, he's sniffing. You know, I so think he's on cocaine. So, oh, I don't even want to give it away. You have to watch it. Watch it. Watch it. It's up. <laughs> Seinfeld on Netflix. Seinfeld on Netflix.
2: It's on Hulu. It I think Hulu. it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know I've seen it on one of the streaming platforms that I got.
0: They're very, there's usually something multiple times a week that you can relate to Seinfeld. So that's something always comes up that you can relate to Seinfeld. (laughs) Uh,
3: What did, uh, David, what did you think of the stealth suit? Joe, what did you think of the stealth (laughs) suit?
2: (laughs) Sorry, I was muted. I had myself <laughs> muted. So. Go ahead, David. That, that's the side effect of being high again. <laughs> you, you kind of forget that you mute yourself. Um, I I like this stuff, suit. It wasn't it wasn't quite what I thought it was gonna be. I never really like got into like into the trailer enough to like break it down and look at the suit close up. So I was I really like the fact that it felt more you utilitarian where it was just like as opposed to being the actual stealth suit. Um but I like I like the fact that what they call it um it's called him the night monkey he, the, night monkey the, yeah the night monkey <laughs> I thought that was fucking so funny. Um but and it made sense. But yeah, I liked it. I did I did dig the suit.
3: Yeah, because when when Peter's given the excuses to Fury down in that basement about why you know he he can't be involved in this mission. He's like you know hey after what happened in Washington D.C., you know if Spider-Man shows up here, everybody in my school is gonna figure out that I'm Spider-Man. And so <laughs> the lady in the bathroom's like, Fury said you need new suit, <laughs> take off clothes. A new
0: suit that still the the face still looks like Spider-Man.
3: Absolutely. And then Ned's like, no that's that's not Spider-Man. That's <laughs> Night Monkey. He's like a European knockoff version. He's in, he's part of the sense of right alliance, like we were talking about.
0: Yeah, no shit, right, <laughs> Joe? What did you think of the stealth suit? Yeah, I thought it was all right. I mean, I I wonder if there's going to be a hot toy of it. Hmm. Oh, you? That think? would be yeah. very smart of them to use that into toys. <laughs> That's just <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it gives it gives a little bit of uh, of the you know Spider-Man noir suits, and uh, yeah, when you got. I, I didn't realize until you got up close, like it was almost like a, a winter cap, you know, like a ski cap.
3: Yeah. Like a balaclava. you
0: know, that you could, you could see, you know, that it was just, it was just cloth and it had like plastic, like, you know,
3: some of those, uh, cloth straps on it. So, so yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. He did look like he was just wearing like a, a special forces outfit yes. or something like that. Then just with like, uh, a, a balaclava that, but man, the, the glasses he had, even though they flipped up and they you know, they did look dorky as fuck when they were flipped up, um, it was really cool. I, I liked how everything on that suit flowed together and then the reasoning why he had it was pretty cool. And um, man, that that fight at that carnival with, with the fire elemental with every time it touched something metal, like it would just melt that metal and add it to itself and grow bigger. I thought that that was really, really well shot in a really good action sequence.
0: Yeah, it's... Um Again, what there, what do you have to do with water and, and like this? You know, it's it was uh, it's at night. It's you know you get the the glow off of those things. So there's a lot of a lot of CG in this movie, but there's a lot you got to get right with that kind of thing. So you know where it's uh, and, and it had for a, for a time. I mean, it had a look like in the comics, molten man that that molten man face. You know, that's that's got just that kind of that definitive uh, type of look up top. So, um, yeah, this again is another great action set piece that, you know, you get Mysterio and, and really, you know, utilizing his powers. Cause was it, would it get near the end? Uh, he's like doing the, the sacrifice almost. Was this the one where he was yeah. doing that, where he was like, you know, put, it's, cause it's funny now knowing, you know, what he's going to do, like he's playing it up. Like he's this super sacrificial dude, you know? Mm-hmm. That you think he's gonna die, die from it, but th- again, the the way the way Jake Gyllenhaal played it was is gr- great for for this whole movie. And I didn't, David. I don't know if you realize this. I was reading, you know, or watching some of these YouTube videos. He was almost replacing Toby in Spider-Man Two when Toby injured his back in Seabiscuit.
2: Yes, I totally yep.
0: forgot about that. Can you yeah, imagine me that? Too.
2: I actually. Hmm. I, I think I could. I really could see Jake Gyllenhaal playing him, but he would have to be like almost fucking um, Donnie Darko young to pull that off because he started looking his age pretty early on.
3: Yeah, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal looks like one of those guys that like shaves in the morning and then yes. like has a five o'clock shadow at like 1130. <laughs> Yeah, where's me? I could I could go a whole week
0: and you barely get anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I gave into mine years ago, and I'm just like, fuck it. I will just always have a beard, and it's
0: so much you, easier. You just it just it keeps coming in.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Now if I, if I try and shave, it's a battle, and it, it's just so much easier for me to have facial hair. And Again, I- Joe, there's there's a Seinfeld about shaving,
0: about it coming
3: in <laughs> thicker
0: and more, and just. That's, that's a whole, that's a whole plot point in one of the episodes. See, oh, I to where,
3: to where if you shave hair, it comes in thicker. Yeah. there's an they, urban myth.
0: Yeah. They I do. Looked into they, they, they do, they do it. The bit where a Kramer starts getting on Jerry, like, Hey, what's, what's going on there? And he's like, you know, Jerry was shaving his chest for this girl he's dating, you know? <laughs>
3: Cause and, he wanted more uh, no chest hair.
0: You know, So he, so he shaves and then Kramer's like, you know what happens with that? You know it's gonna come back thicker. Oh, and he's like, no, that's not true. And then, and then they're in like, in his apartment, and by the bathroom. And then Kramer is out of camera range. He goes, oh yeah, well look at this. And he, and then Jerry's like, oh no, put the put it back down. My eyes, my eyes.
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: Another episode you need to watch, Joe.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. I told you. I to
3: can revisit Seinfeld.
1: Seinfeld is
3: phenomenal. <laughs> Seinfeld is the best. <laughs> It is funny, man. I, I watched a lot of it live when I was a kid, but, you know, I mean, that, that was, that show was was mostly like early nineties up through the end. It's run in like mid nineties. Uh, It's about right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was born in eighties. So that means as it was ending its run, I was, you know, teenager. So, so I, I, a lot of my memories of Seinfeld are you know, child's memories of it for the most part, but but I remember 89 to 98, 89 to 98. Yep. Yep. So from when I was nine to, to, to 98, you said, yep. Yeah. Nine to 18 then. So there's a big part of time in there where I was not paying attention to pretty much as soon as I got a driver's license, I was not paying attention to too much TV. Movies. Yes. TV. Not so much. What was, what was your, what was the first car you drove after you got your license? Uh, like the first one that was like my
0: car. No, no, like no, like you probably drove about your parents' car, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. There was like what a was it there was, a, what was it like a Dodge Spirit that my dad had, and then dad also had a '79 F one fifty with a four speed transmission, where the first gear was like a granny gear, uh-huh. and, and it had like the factory lift on it, so it was already like a really tall truck, and so that was what I learned to drive a stick shift on. But but that thing had such bad, it had a straight six, 300 cubic inch uh, Ford engine. So, I mean, that thing did not get good gas. Pilot. <laughs> I, <laughs> but but it, eventually I was... saved up and, and got an 83 Mustang. That was my first car. Yeah, uh, My first was that it was an 84 brown Chevy
0: Cavalier station wagon.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like mass wheels. Yep. My dad had, my dad at that time had, oh, he had a, he either had his, he had an 87 Corvette convertible, and that would be before that. So he would have had, he had a, he had a Nissan 300 ZX turbo. So I wasn't driving that for damn sure, you know?
3: So I got the (laughs) Cavalier wagon, brown Cavalier wagon. (laughs) Hey, having wheels is not too bad though, right? Hey, man. When you're a kid, you're just happy to have something to drive around. Yeah, man. I,
0: matter, matter of fact, the first, the very first time I got to drive it by myself to school, all right, you know, park in the school parking lot and all that. I almost rear-ended somebody because I was adjusting the radio. I'm like, oh, I'm adjusting the <laughs> radio. You know? I'm, like, ah! I'm like, oh, shit. And I drove, like, super clutching the wheel all the rest of the way to school. I'm like, I cannot get an accident on my first day.
2: <laughs> so my, my aunt had a 1980s Honda Civic wagon. And that car had been back and forth between Michigan and Massachusetts a ton of times. Like I personally taken a ton of trips of that thing. So I was five when my aunt got that car. Brand new. She had that car what when my cousin turned 16. So for show she probably had that car for about Eight years at that point had over 150,000 miles on it. Gave it to my cousin when he got his license and my cousin couldn't stand that car. And he tried to fucking destroy that car. He did everything he could to kill that car. Wouldn't change the fucking oil. Just like (laughs) did literally almost everything except for self sabotage that car, like pouring fucking sugar in the gas tank, whatever. Like, he just did not give a shit about this car. Wanted it to die. Seven years after that, I came out to Vermont. And my aunt and uncle had moved up here at this point. And they still had that car. And it had over 350,000 miles on it. Wow. And still fucking drove. Like, it was... You know, like a decent car, not like it was, you know, off the lot or anything, but still solid running car. I could not fucking believe it.
3: That's incredible, man. Yeah, some cars, they're just, they're meant to be.
2: I mean, and then you got yeah.
3: others that are those fucking lemons that were built at the end of the day on Friday.
2: Yep, exactly.
3: <laughs> I don't know how we got here. But <laughs> I t- that's we went. We took the off ramp. We're far from home. <laughs> we are far from. We took the off ramp, so we're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's see. We left off. It, okay, so they were battling. They're defeating.
0: The, yeah, defeating the fire he's de- Defeating
3: the fire element, where he's
0: you know doing this. Uh, you think he's gonna. You think he's gonna die? Mysterio's yeah. gonna die, where he does some type of some type of spell. Uh. That uh, ends up ending, ending the battle, and then uh, is it, and then right is it, is it right after that where they're drinking in the bar?
3: The, yeah, and then during that fight scene though, that's where the f- the first time that we really see one of the the glitches in the hologram, because because Peter tries to, you know, shoot one of his webs at the at the monster, and instead it rips like a little thing off that goes flying down an alleyway where mj who had oh yeah you know, yeah yeah peter was supposed to be sitting next to mj in that opera and then he ditched out and so she followed him and then she picks up that piece of tech yeah good and good then, one joe good notes
0: for seeing it
2: once
3: joe <laughs> and then um
2: that was pretty smooth yes thank you it's almost like you got high did you get high
3: joe <laughs> no heidi ho that's well what's fucking towley's thing <laughs> just don't forget to take a towel Um. Okay, so where was I here? Yeah, then they have that meet up in the bar, and and Peter's feeling, you know, like he doesn't want to be a hero, and and Beck is just so much more worthy of it, and so he stupidly gives him the Edith classes, which, as much as that moment sucks, super necessary for the plot of the film, and and i felt it was kind of organic you know i mean peter did get led to that place intentionally by beck uh joe what did you think of that
0: well yeah and even even you get back in there where he's like no 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 you know and he's he's like he's pushing it away you know doing like the reverse psychology you know you know he gave those to you and this and and it's when you get you know peter saying listen this is this is you know doubting himself again this is beyond me You know, this will be better in your hands. You know, I'm more of a, you know, friendly neighborhood, you know, type person, you know, here. And when, (laughs) you know, and and again, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in there and I'm like, as soon as he handed the glasses over, I'm telling my son, I go, this is, this is an illusion in here. Something or maybe all of it's an illusion. And when he leaves and then you, you get that, you, and that facial, you just get that turn, you know, and then boom, then you get the reveal,
2: which I thought was great.
3: That yeah, was so incredible. David, that blow your mind.
2: Yeah, I, um, well, and this is kind of the first inkling that you get where Jake Gyllenhaal is putting on the performance of his character. <clears throat> so like when he's like refusing the glasses and saying, Oh no, 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 this is the one time where he kind of feels like he's acting the part. And I think that's supposed to be how it is, where he's, like, really making a show that he doesn't want the part, just to give, to make Spider-Man even more, you know, to to make Spider-Man believe that Quentin is the right guy to have these glasses. So, and I think, you know, again, you, you get the, the reveal that he has an entire team around which i think is actually kind of smart um i because you know in the comic books he's pretty much a lone guy doesn't really use anyone else except for when he works with the sinister six and stuff but he, he doesn't have a team you know he doesn't have thugs and goons to help him do his shit it's just his illusions but to make it a team and a whole production makes a lot more sense and you make it so that all these characters have a reason for being there you don't just make them goons you make them integral to the villain's storyline as to why they're there and um it to me i think i think it was really smart and definitely the, the you know the major turn in this movie, where it starts getting good because you get you get Jake Gyllenhaal now getting to play the bad guy. Not the bad guy playing the good guy, but you get to see his real chops come out as to how to play this character. Um, and the illusions fucking were really good. The way it melted away was really smart. Yeah. And the fact that his green screen outfit that he mm-hmm was wearing is actually his more motion. reminiscent of his actual costume in the comic books is fucking brilliant.
3: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I love the way that well, he gives shout outs to everybody on his team. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Like they, they found a yep. really organic way because it's like they're celebrating. This it, almost looks like the shit that'd be going on in like best buy at the end of the day, you know, after they've closed and they, and they're going over all the sales they made that day or whatever you know like like some sort of like team building exercise where where it almost feels on par with like Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's almost doing like a weird Tony Robbins thing you know like talking like calling everybody out for what they've done to to get them to this place and then they're all celebrating the fact cuz it was clearly their plan all along that they needed to get these Edith glasses to be able to take you know Mysterio to the next level and um and man it's I, I love the turn that we get to see with Jake Gyllenhaal because he really gets to showcase a lot of his different acting abilities in this movie with all the different ways that he has to play uh, Quentin Beck throughout it.
0: Yeah. He had he A huge range of, of different, yeah. you know, he was kind of the father figure, you know, serious and caring and a lot of empathy. And then, and then he's obviously the villain, but then he, then he gets a little more unhinged. So yeah, I didn't give him a lot to, Uh, You know, a lot to chew on in this movie.
3: Yeah, as he gets crazier, well, like when he really shows a lot of his crazy when they when they find out that that one of the projectors is missing from a drone, the one that the MJ had found. Like he really, you know, brings the drones out and he's threatening his own people. And it's like, oh my god, these people are still going along with him. But you know, at that point, of course, uh. But man, the turn that it takes there where he decides that that he needs to derail their class trip one more time, make sure that they go to London because he has to take out these people that might know that and how they were able to go back and use Edith to look at the security footage and actually see, you know, Peter and MJ, you know, oh man, I totally skipped over them having that little heart to heart in Prague then also. But but to, to finish what I was on, you know, with with Quentin when he actually sees all that stuff going on and then he knows, okay, shit, Peter knows MJ knows. And then he he's basically tells his team, you know, Hey, we're going to have to take out these kids now. And, and they're still going along with it. And so it's like, you know, they start out as disgruntled Stark employees, which, which in a way for me, it had an echo to, to the, the crew that the vulture had in homecoming, you know, because they were a disgruntled crew of people because of Tony Stark. And so we still got a little bit of that same theme, with the bad guys in this one. Uh, but man, when it takes that turn to where he's, you know, they're willing to really go all out and turn up the, the, the violence to a whole nother level. Like it, I, I felt like it leveled Mysterio up as a villain in this one. It made him much more dangerous for sure.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think from again, from this point, you know, this point battle, you know, and then the reveal going forward is where I, for me, the movie just went into another gear is what I really enjoyed. It was just a ride from, from here till the end because then you, then you got, okay, you know, now, now we get the mystery we've been waiting for. We know he's not this altruistic person. And so then what's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen from here. So that's, that's where I really enjoyed the movie.
3: What did David, what did you think of the scene with MJ deducing that, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man that, that whole scene they had on the bridge.
2: I I actually kind of liked it because it it felt like it made sense. It it didn't feel like it felt more like she was she knew but she was kind of guessing at the same time uh, as I think how it played out because I think had Peter been able to pull off the whole no it's not me I think eventually she would have bought But I loved the way that it just kind of like, even when he admitted it, she was like, she knew, but at the same time, she was kind of surprised about it, um, that (laughs) she she was right. She
3: was only like 60%. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. So like, again, I think, I think this movie was so well acted and so well written, um, that if you don't have these characters putting on these performances, it fucking falls apart in a huge, huge way. Um, Zendaya just fucking kills MJ, or this iteration of MJ, anyways. Um, Because she's nothing like the comics MJ. But I like how they're making her smarter and more of an intellectual match for Peter. As opposed to just a love interest, um, and I, you know, you still get those scenes like you do at the like the very end of the film of him grabbing her and swinging through, swinging which, through, the which was city. a great,
0: which was uh, the visual of that was awesome, like terrifyingly awesome. Like if that's if you were up there doing that when she's holding on to him and you see just the, the speed at which they're swinging.
3: It's, it's, I thought it was great. I love that part. I thought it was good visuals too. Oh yeah. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this scene with them on the bridge? And then, you know, figuring out that the piece of tech she had, you know, was part of Quentin's? I love, and...
0: love that. I love that whole scene. I, it's like I said, I think Zendaya did a great job in this movie. Uh, the, the, un, it's, you know, the, uncomfortableness of, you know, she's even though she's sure of herself, but uncomfortableness of, you know, their relationship, because obviously they both like each other and and things like that. And uh, when when he says I'm Spider-Man, she's like, you know, I kind of thought kind of and I was like 67 percent sure, you know, that's (laughs) that's yeah, Like, like David said just like you know, as as bad as I'll rag on Venom, but if Tom Hardy, it's it, it doesn't have that performance. It's really a disaster. It's the same thing with, with some of these characters in here, um, and how they were written and in, in some of the dialogue. So, for a for a you know for a sequel, sometimes they usually fall a little bit short. Uh, they they hit they hit those beats right on the money.
3: Yeah, and you know one of the things I keep coming back to in that is it, I feel like everything they did as far as plot turns and stuff, it it all felt really organic to me. And this one on the, this, this bit on the bridge was another part of that is that, you know, Peter was, he was not going to tell her at all that that he was Spider-Man. He wasn't going to admit to it until he found out exactly what she had and what they figured out with it. He's kind of put into a corner where he's like, okay, to make this as easy as possible, I just need to tell her. And, yeah. And it worked out great. And then the way that Beck figured it all out with, you know, kind of using Edith to backtrack through the cameras that would have seen them and stuff. That was all really good. And then when Peter goes to Berlin thinks he's meeting with fury and really he's stepping in. And that's when we really see the illusions get nuts. Like that was, yeah. something I, that was so yeah. cool. Like, I love the way that they, the, all the CGI and that was so good. And the way that, it was kind of tricking him into like be, like punching you know bits of the building and stuff like right it, it, the illusions almost made him fight himself just using the environment at hand, and I thought it was really cool the way they did all that, yeah, and the one and then
0: the one part of the illusion where then they pan back and then he's inside the the Mysterio's dome, you know the whole scene, and that kind of tumbles mm-hmm. forward uh yeah, this kind of like the the astral plane stuff in Doctor Strange, this is yep. this is right up there. Yeah, I mean, neither I, of those I've seen in 3D, and I heard they were great in 3D. So, yeah, I yeah, did to be, this look into. To 3D? be honest,
2: it was. I think through most of this movie, I kept thinking I didn't need to pay the extra to see see this in 3D. It, nothing was crazy standing out. Now it was an IMAX 3D. It was just real D3D so maybe it was different in IMAX theater where things popped a little bit more. But for me, a lot of this movie, I felt watching it going, I don't know, man, I could have, I could have watched this in 2d mid fine, but that scene in the warehouse, the, the psychedelic crazy scene was fucking good. And the scene of him fucking web slinging through New York with MJ was fucking good and worth, seeing that but the rest of this movie I was like man there's nothing here that's like blowing my mind and making me go oh you have to see this in 3d I think it's a perfectly fine movie to see in 2d and I, as much as that scene was really good in 3d eh, you didn't you didn't miss a ton it, and it wasn't very long but it was good I'm not gonna lie man it looked good it would it looked brilliant um, CRISp, every, you know, it, I didn't have a hard time making shit out. Um, but you know, not, not necessarily needed in 3D. I wasn't It wasn't a fucking super wild moment. I think I think again, uh, the acting stole this movie for me. like the, the performances that those people put on like really sold it to me as opposed to relying on the CGI and stuff, which I thought was really good. I just thought it was second to the story and acting.
3: That's awesome. I always feel like that's good to know just because the upcharge for 3d. I mean, if you're buying like for me, you know, I'm, I bought a ticket for me and for each of my kids, you know, and if I had uh, opted for 3d instead, you know, I mean, shit, <laughs> you're talking twice right. as much for the movie tickets. And, and you know, there's some movies like when I went and saw into the spider verse, I thought that that was fucking amazing in, in 3d. And, and now when I rewatch it, you know, on Netflix, it almost bums me out a little bit that that I can't watch it again in 3D because that one was just such a good 3D experience. And then other movies I've seen in 3D were kind of yeah, you know, I didn't really need to do that. Did they re- Did they yeah, release like, Into the Spider
0: Verse on 3D on Blu-ray?
3: I don't know. See, I don't, I don't have a 3D TV, so I, I suppose it wouldn't help. I mean, you need a special sort of TV to watch things in 3D, right?
0: Yeah, I've yeah. got I've got a, I've got I've got 3D TV. So, but I've never. I mean, literally. It's that's why they don't they don't make money of many of them anymore. I mean, I have original Avengers and uh, uh, Batman v Superman. There's only
3: th- those only two. I have a, a 3D Blu-ray on. <laughs> How do they look now, on, on on just the TV screen versus like a, a big movie? Th- uh,
0: I'm, I, I think to me, like I'm not a big fan of real D and that kind of thing. Uh, t- but to me, to me at home you get much better uh, depth of field Uh, because you can, because you can also, you know, depending on the TV, you can also adjust things. You can adjust it more or less. I mean, you could, you could take regular TV and turn it into 3d kind of stuff if you want, which isn't great, but I'm talking, but, but DV, blu-ray, blu-ray wise, um, it looks really good because there's a, there's a lot more separation than my opinion. That's why I don't really buy, I don't really go to 3d movies anymore.
3: Yeah. yeah, And with me, I, um, I wear glasses like 99.9% yeah. of the time. And so putting the, the movie 3d glasses on over them is never a pleasant experience.
2: No, it sucks. Actually. That's how I had to do it. <clears throat> um, cause like, if I'm in, like, I don't regularly need glasses, but if I'm going to watch a movie or TV, I kind of need them. So shit is actually crisp and clear. And so when I watch a 3d movie, you I have to wear the gla- my glasses and then the 3D glasses. It's just fucking obnoxious. And it, but <laughs> that being said, like on the other hand, fucking Doctor Strange in Real D3D was fucking mind-bending. It oh, was, that was really, good. really, really, really good. And because I think that universe makes sense to have. 3D to make things pop because it is kind of more psychedelic throughout the whole movie whereas you're really trying to ground Spider-Man in reality and not take him to the astral plane whereas I think you did it perfectly they did it perfectly with Mysterio you do that one scene that's kind of trippy and all over the place but the entire like every other part of that movie is grounded in as much reality even though shit's an illusion. I think it was really smart.
3: In in kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but it, in the final battle where he's fighting all the different drones and swinging around in between of them and using yeah. those for the point, uh, contact points with the webbing and stuff, I bet that that looked pretty dope in 3D.
2: It wasn't bad. Again, I, I don't think it was anything that was as standoutish as if I saw it in 2D. Again, I, I think you're... One, you're the two scenes that you're really that were really three D. Like holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Were him and MJ swinging through New York, and um, and the and the Interpol scene, and the the end battle was all right, but it was really fast. Like Peter was like flying at an exponentially fast pace at that point which is fine but it doesn't always translate well into 3d either sometimes it's easier to make things out when it's 2d and you're trying to move the camera that fast and have that many actions in it um it looked good i'm not you know i wasn't i'm not gonna complain about it i i it looked fine but it wasn't a wow moment with the 3d where I was like, holy shit, if I didn't see this in 3d, I would have missed out on something.
0: That's because they're all, what, that's, they're not really shooting in 3d. I think they're doing that all post. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what you run into. So Yeah. yeah. again, it and, didn't, and it wasn't funny.
2: bad. It just wasn't fucking stand out for me where I was like, holy shit. Now I love the scene. I absolutely love the scene. I think it was like, I love the way that he did use the drones as webbing points. And, his movements and everything about it felt very Spider-Man to me. Um, but, you know, it, seeing it in 2D is not going to change your experience from seeing it in 3D, you know. it's It was just an amazing scene. It just didn't need 3D. And again, I think this film is absolutely stunning and gorgeous in IMAX. But I don't have an IMAX theater, so that doesn't help me.
0: Well... Listen, I I had to go to the Regal. I had those IMAX passes from when they fucked up Infinity War opening night for me a year ago, and I hadn't used them. So I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to use these. And uh, so IMAX is not just screen size, because this screen had to be the very minimum IMAX would approve, because it's nowhere near this theater across the street where I normally go. They have an extreme screen with Dolby Atmos. This is nowhere near that. But the sound, I will admit, this this the sound in this IMAX theater was tremendous. I was I think I was sitting on the very back on the end, and I think one of the subwoofers was literally two feet from me. Oh because my <laughs> it was it was good stuff, man. Anytime you got that. Um so so yeah, I don't I mean I I would like to see this again. I'll probably see this again on my other, the other theater that I normally go to with the, mm-hmm. the extreme screen.
1: Yeah.
2: I think, again, I think the bigger the screen, I think the better experience you're going to have is clear as you can get it. Um, but, you know, if you're just seeing it and, you know, it, now my theater side, it's a huge screen and it's great with 3d stuff. But, I've been to a fucking huge IMAX screen, which is just fucking mind-blowingly big. I I actually went to see it in fucking uh, Infinity War in an IMAX screen. And it was like, the screen was fucking huge, and it was unbelievable. Everything about it was breathtaking. I think Far From Home probably is this in an IMAX screen, a huge screen. But if you're just going on a big screen for real D3D, eh, it's okay. See it in 2D if it's the same screen size. Um, But yeah, again, it's it's weird that this film, it feels like it doesn't matter what view setting you watch it on.
3: Well, that's cool. But man, even in in the 2D regular version that I watched, man, that... This battle, you know, sequence through all these illusions was just incredible. And the mm-hmm. way that it ends with him getting hit by that train was fucking crazy.
2: Oh, my God. I was I was <laughs> I was kind of shocked, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm like, the train comes rolling by and fucking takes out Spider-Man. I'm Like, whoa. Oh, what the yeah. What was that?
3: <laughs> that was wild. And-, and then, yeah, he passes out in there and wakes up in a jail cell in the Netherlands with the, <laughs> not the nicest you know, co-inhabitants of a jail cell you could ask for.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that was great.
3: I loved how they kept playing up how everybody in Europe was so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's out, he just busts out of the jail cell just by breaking the padlock off.
2: Right. And, he sees, and the, the guys don't even like try to escape, they no. just go back and shut the gate, and like, <laughs> sit and down, they're like, okay.
3: He sees the guard in the other room and the guard's wearing the the, the stealth the mask. The night monkey
2: mask. The <laughs> night monkey mask. I caught the night monkey. I fucking died yes. last
3: <laughs> And then he's like, are you guys okay in there? And they just closed the jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes out and borrows the guy's phone, makes a call to Happy. And then yeah. uh, Happy shows up with a Stark jet and picks him up. And, and they have a bit of a heart to heart. And I thought that this was some really, really good stuff between Happy and and, and Peter with with yep. him telling him that, you know, hey, Tony was my best friend and he second guessed himself constantly. You know, I, I, I think Peter was putting so much on himself throughout this movie thinking, you know, how can I step up and, and fill the shoes of Iron Man? And it's because he had an idealized version of Tony. Yeah. And and it's really cool that it did that. And then and then I love that he got to then there was a couple parts in this movie where he got to show how smart he was. There was that bit that was in the bunker. Um, where where mm. we first meet up with Nick Fury and everybody, and then this bit on the plane where he's building his own suit and, and using the right. Stark tech to do it. Um, Joe, what did you think of of him designing his own suit and and having that on board? Like, did that work for you? or Did it? Oh, I love. Oh man, I love it. It's it's
0: after the after the talk, you know, it, it, really the you know the almost a, you know uncle type mm-hmm. talk, uh, oh. which was really heartfelt, and then. And then you get into then you get into this designing the suit, and again, like you talked about, where his intelligence, where he's using certain webs, and you know turn this down to whatever if he's using electricity and things like that. And then, and then you got ba- the direct callback to Iron Man One, where he's puts his hand inside the yes. holographic gauntlet. It's that's almost shot for shot. Yeah. And and then you when you when he's flipping through the suits, man, you got. Uh, you got a bunch of comic suits in there that uh, he got to pick from. So, so yeah, I thought that was I, – I love that stuff, man. Awesome.
2: Well, going back to his intelligence, this is one of the things that these two Spider-Man movies are doing that they can't seem to get with the Batman movie where they're nailing the character. They're nailing Peter. They're nailing Spider-Man. The Spider-Man's quippy as fuck athletic fucking even like even though he doubts himself he never looks like he's doubting himself um and then you then you have peter who's fucking super smart in the comics super smart and in this in these movies they're using that to his advantage it's where Batman's supposed to be the best detective in the world and that dude could couldn't detect a fucking piece of hay in a barn you know it's like what the <laughs> fuck so 80,
0: 89 think, Batman was about the closest we got. Yeah. yeah it, when, really, he fig- it when he really figured, was. when he figured when he figured out the combinations of stuff yeah. to uh that caused the, the the Smilex uh right. you know side effects and death so
2: like and, and they can portray Batman as smart but they you're still not getting the essence of Batman whereas this is fucking nailed the essence of Spider-Man through and through like it, you're you're getting every bit of it in these movies is, is what you deserve as a Spider-Man fan.
3: Yeah. I, I loved everything on this bit with the plane. It, it brought the heart and, and it was really cool. That it was funny too. Of course they had the, you know, happy's like, I'll put some tunes on and it, it, starts, oh. pay, it starts playing ACDC. And he's like, I love Led Zeppelin.
2: That was fucking brilliant. I, that was fucking smart. That was really good. Good line too. <laughs>
3: And then right before he he bails out, you know, over London, because it, at this point, you know, the the kids are on the tour bus. One of Beck's guys is driving the tour bus. He stops him on the tower bridge. And um, and Peter basically does like a, a bit of a high altitude jump over London. Yep. And then he's got the spider shoot the, to slow in his descent on the way in and and everything. And I love that right before he jumps out of the plane, he's like, hey, you and I are going to have a talk about you and my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the you know they they introduce that towards the beginning of the movie and they drag not drag they, they just keep using yeah. that joke over and over again i felt like to very good effect to where by the, you know, the jumping ahead a little bit here but to the point where that when they close it out with peter talking with happy and oh, may and
2: and what those it was two a think. summer flame couldn't have been a better line for me to say, and just see the fucking crestfallen look on Jap, John Fabros yes. face, where he's like, "What? It's what? What? What?" And you're like, she's just like, you know, it was a little bit of fun, and Fabro's just like, "What the fuck, May? What the like?" She just blips so back. Great.
3: She's feeling alive. She needs some of that happy stick.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was fucking oh, so good. <laughs>
3: Uh, I, th- I thought the whole final battle, though, was was super epic. Um, mm-hmm. The that fusion elemental that we get w- looks really, really great. Um, and and the way that it then Peter goes inside the illusion. I thought that that was super cool and how he hooked a bunch mm-hmm. of them together and then shorted them out. And so it, it just all out fails. And then it's just him fighting all these drones. And then at the same time, like a handful of the drones have peeled off to go take out MJ and, and them. And I don't know, it all worked really, really well for me. I was super happy with this, you know, kind of the, the, when the, you get the big battle yeah, of the third act, right? Yeah.
0: And then when, when they splinter off and they're, you know, uh, happy and the, and the kids are running and when he, when he grabs that shield and, and <laughs> throws it, he's like, how does Cap do
2: that? <laughs> that good. Oh my God. had a good that laugh was at so that good. too. I, You know, one of the things I think both of you will appreciate is the fact that Mysterio keeps calling it, uh, him saving London, an Avengers-style event.
3: Yeah, Avengers-level.
2: Avengers-level event that he stops on his own. But the entire time, this is very much an event that only Spider-Man could handle as opposed to calling in the Avengers is what, what a lot of these superhero movies keep suffering from is having to have these Avenger style events and only having one Avenger there to stop it and or whatever one hero there to stop it. So it doesn't necessarily make sense for the story. And I think this was perfect. Keep playing up on that. It's this Avengers level event and the entire time making it just a villain that Spider-Man is uniquely handled to deal with, and only a Spider-Man-level event. You know, it. it was, I thought that was super smart, where they just kept, like, making Mysterio say, it. oh, this is going to be an Avengers-level event. This is going to be an Avengers-level event, and the entire time, it is a perfect Spider-Man event.
3: It, it was a perfect Spider-Man event, because he, he kind of really believes in you know and like we covered earlier they they're not calling it the spider sense yet but that's what carries yeah. him through that's how he's able the to peter get tingle. through yeah the peter tingle that's how he's able to get through that. the illusion at the end and man what an amazing scene where he's it's basically it's kind of like it's the MCU's take take taking a hallway fight right i mean he's going yeah. down this hallway just purely relying on his spider sense and it was so incredible like Joe, what did you think of that? Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's another one where I was sitting with my son. I go, This is where the spider sense is gonna kick in.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: so and it's it's you know, you had a lot of similarity with uh you remember in Spider Man one where he's dodging the 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 flying um what razor bombs or whatever that yeah. Green Goblin was throwing. So yeah, that it's uh perfect again, perfect time to make that pay off. You mm-hmm. know where they've talked about it the whole movie and it's you know and maybe maybe like i said maybe in this version it's it's something under only under like extreme duress is when something like that happens so it can't get you out of everything
2: right well I, and i think it also used the the whole it was it wasn't really introduced in the first one it was more introduced in Infinity War he didn't really use it in Endgame and this felt more like him getting to know how the Peter Tingle worked. It felt new to him. It felt like he was still exploring his powers because I think even in the, in the Interpol scene with Mysterio, he was kind of using it, but wasn't completely sure because it was, it's because it's an illusion. He's not quite sure where to focus. And I think that's once he gets tells happy, Oh, I have this Peter Tingle, and you know I know how to stop him now. Yeah. It, it's all from his learning and developing his his spider sense, and I think you're going to see that become more of an issue, or more of a more of a um, skill that he has that's not so wishy washy in the future movies because now he has it. Now, it, you know, now he knows how it works. He's used it against someone that really puts that to the test. Yeah. And
3: once again, they found a really good and organic way to work it into the movie. I mean, it's, yep. it's fucking perfect. I loved it. I love the way that we see Mysterio meet his end. Also the, that it wasn't Spider-Man who did it. It was one of his own drones. Yeah. You know, That's fucking, he gets caught by a bullet, that he shouldn't have.
0: You know, oh man. It was, yeah. Where you think he, where you great. think what he was like, you think he's laying down. Uh Uh-huh. Right? And he's really, he's got, he was about to shoot Spider-Man in the
3: head.
2: Yeah. Now, one of the things that I was a little disappointed on, but I've come around to a different way of thinking, was the fact that they ended up killing off Mysterio. Because again, I think he was fucking brilliant. I I think the acting was brilliant and everything else. I think you can still bring Mysterio in. I think you can too. Because he's an illusion, And he had a team as opposed to just being a person that team can then use Mysterio and use his illusions and the technology still against Spider-Man still have it be Jake Gyllenhaal and fuck with Spider-Man more. So I think at first I was disappointed that they killed him, but I think that they can bring him back. So I don't know he's dead, but I don't know that he's technically dead. I think he'll come back and can be used in like a sinister six style kind of movie because he can always be that illusion.
3: Yeah. Quentin Beck may have died, but Mysterio can still live on because he was a hologram to begin
2: with. Yep.
3: Yeah. That
0: was the one thing I was, I was thinking about David too, was that I'm like, well, man, you're killing off one of the sinister six. If you're, if that's what you're going to lead to in like movie number four.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. But again, I think, I think they can use him. I think it's just a matter of knowing your limitations as to how to use them. If you use them in a sinister sinister six style movie, that makes a lot more sense. I think it's actually kind of smart to make him an illusion within the you know within his created illusions. I think that's really smart.
3: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And if they can even find a way to take some people in his crew and maybe you know have it spun that oh they were. Other people that were in the Sinister Six Mm -hmm. as well. And, and yeah, they could come up with a really easy way to do that. And then, um, you know, in, and then during that, that death scene, we, we see the, the one guy that, you know, had been kind of controlling some of the computer end of the drones. Ralphie. Ralphie. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) We see Ralphie, you know, pocket a USB and leave. And, and we don't really have to wait too long to to the, you know, that pays out in the mid credit scene where, yeah. you know, well,
2: I, I think before we even get to, cause he dies and they end up going back to, to New York. And that's where you get the whole Betty and uh, Ned breaking up. Yes. <laughs> you know, back from, back from there. And then fucking Peter and MJ kind of taking off and then him picking MJ up and going through the swing yeah. through the city. And then you go to fucking credits the, or are like the first credits and then you hit your mid credit scene where he's swinging through New York, which I fucking love. I think this is brilliant because every other iteration you have Peter swinging MJ or Gwen through the city and they're fucking having the time of their life. They're enjoying it. <laughs> and this MJ looks scared as fuck. She's just like, put me the <laughs> fuck down should be, right quickly. This is some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And like, Peter's like, ah, oh, you'll get used to it. She's like, uh-uh, no fucking way, dude. Not <laughs> ever again. You are out of your fucking mind. But I think, you know, that's how normal people would react. And again, they're fucking grounding this movie so well. But then you get the fucking, I think, which is the best kept secret in all of fucking any of these movies by far so far, at least for me, is having J.K. Simmons come back as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, that was great. Oh. I I almost cried. I really, like, almost cried. I'm like, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, they did. Oh, oh. Like, I, I even had my hand over my heart, just like, oh, the palpitations. Holy shit. Oh, my God, you got me. You motherfuckers got me. Like, so good.
3: Yeah, Joe, what did you think of the big credit scene?
0: Uh, I'm so glad I was surprised by it. I was because, you know, of course, you're sitting there waiting for the mid-credit, and they do the swing and all that, which was awesome. And then, and then you got I'm like, what? I'm like, how is it? How did this keep, how did they keep this a secret? <laughs> which is great. That's how it should be today. It's so hard yep. to do anything today. You know, uh, I always, I always bring it back to when I saw Rocky four in theaters. We you had no idea Apollo was going to die in that. Right. It wasn't internet and spoilers and everything, you know, YouTube and all that shit. So when they, when when they did that, I'm like, oh yes, because he's there's that's another one that to me you can't replace his version of JJ. Oh right, yeah, you just it's, it's
2: a it's so, a spot on JJ. You oh my know, god, again. it's
0: so good. And in in the in the Ramy trilogy with, I mean, even the way the flat top hair, this yep. you know the short mustache <laughs> and the <laughs> cigar and the sh- you know, <laughs> yeah, casting don't get any better than that.
2: Yeah, no, it really doesn't.
0: So uh, yeah, I love I, I loved all that and I and I like again, like we said before, I think David said we're kind of a twist, you know, in today's day and age, you know, he's he was more of a you know, it's almost like Alex Jones, you know, yep. fringe news type person, dot net email dot net, you know, web address, which uh you know, you always think of just a is it just a tier below being respectable, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? oh, your, oh, your business is what.net. And mm, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pass on that. So, right. <laughs> I mean, right. We thought we all, we all thought that, especially years ago when you saw .net, like, hmm. <laughs> and if you weren't, the, if you weren't that sharp to get .com, maybe you really shouldn't be doing this. So
1: yeah, but yeah.
2: Oh, that was gr-
0: just gr- one of the great mid credit scenes you're ever going to see.
2: Right. And I, I agree with you, Joe. I think I don't, I'm pretty sure you said it here, but ruining his identity this early really—I I didn't like it. I get it. I didn't like it, but at the same time, I wasn't like, "Oh fuck you," you know. It was more like, "Hmm, now how are they going to deal with this?" But I, yeah, think,
3: where does it go from here?
2: I think this is how you bring in like. Where you bring in Osborn and Oscorp and the Green Goblin and and making Norman kind of hunt down Peter using Kraven. I think th- this is where you start getting into the depth of his of his rogues gallery. This is where you can throw in two villains and, and keep one of the villains kind of hidden. You know, use. Use Norman as a conduit to bring in Kraven, but set up your Sinister Six because now you got four villains. Your your fourth movie, you can end up bringing in Doc Ock and someone else, and making them part of the Sinister Six. So, I think I I think you have. By the end of the next movie, you get Peter his secret identity back. There's some way that you get it so that he disproves that he's Spider-Man. Because I think it's good for one movie. But if you constantly have people knowing who Spider-Man is, then it gets kind of tropey with the rest of every other movie. because. Every other movie, everyone knows fucking people's identity now. It's like, come on. You know, it, it's, it's the old Adam, uh, or, or the whole the trope of having the hero unmasked just so that you can see the actor's face. And I don't like that. Like, I hate it when they, they do it on The Flash and Barry's running around as Barry. I'm like, fucking stop. Put the goddamn suit on. I don't give a <laughs> fuck if the suit looks bad. Make him that character. There's, they need to have a secret identity for a reason. And the more that you keep fucking throwing that shit away, the less the character becomes important. And it's about the actor. And you don't want that. So I wasn't a huge fan of them fucking spoiling his identity. But I think if you can fucking wrap it up in one movie and give him his secret identity back, then I'm all right with it.
3: Yeah, it seems clear that they're doing it that they have a direction they're going with it. I just can't imagine what it's going to be at this yeah, point. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, you can't just well, we're going to do this and we'll figure it out. They they have yeah. they've got to have
0: a framework for it because you would I mean, we'll see. I mean, they obviously know what they're doing, but you would think that maybe that would have happened that in the next movie. Like I said, right. you don't have you don't have that unique relationship with MJ and Peter of her knowing his secret and helping him you know, cover for him and things like that anymore. I love that kind of stuff. You know, when somebody who's in on it and it helps them cover for it and they're so they're, they're now they're making up ridiculous stories that they were tricked by, you know?
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what the MC's MCU is going to do with it. Because I mean, if, if their track record so far has taught us anything, it's, you know what they're doing. So, so I'm going to be open-minded and just wait and see what's going to come of it. Um, But man, the post-credit scene was—I think—the one that you know—and we already discussed this earlier a bit. But I mean, that was the one that was really mind-blowing. Is that you know we we didn't have Fury and Hill this whole time? It was it was um, Talos and Soren.
2: Talos, yeah. And I think uh, as much as I like the the credits, the end credit scene, because I did, I thought it was actually—I'm like, oh well, that all makes fucking sense now, and that's kind of a cool twist. You're kind of doing secret invasion without necessarily doing secret invasion, but you can kind of lead into it. It's a good spot to kind of do it. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I was little kind of, I was kind of confused because like, I didn't understand why fury was on the spaceship and what was going on. I then watched some like some YouTube videos where they're like, Oh, it could be sword where it's kind of more, Because they're going into the, you know, the, the galaxy part of the MCU, you can have it more space oriented and you can have the main setup in space as opposed to being on earth the whole time, which makes sense. Yeah. So
3: do you think it was, it was the real Fury that would have been, it would have last seen in Tony Stark's funeral. And then after that, he was like, you know, I'm taking a vacation.
2: Talos, you got this. I think it has to be. I don't. It. Hmm. I don't know because I'm pretty sure Talos left at the end of Captain Marvel, which would, would have been the 90s that he was gone. But we never know quite when Talos took over for Fury, which yeah, is yeah. We smart. don't know when they when he came back and when, started when they came cool back working. Yeah, that'd, yeah. right. Exactly, but like I when think, did it came think, back
0: and started started you know being on missions?
2: But I think with this movie was the first time that you kind of saw Fury act out of character. Yeah. So I think I think this was the first movie in which he was kind of doing that, which would make sense.
3: That's what I thought too. Yeah. What What do you think, Joe? Uh, like how long yeah. do you think Fury's been absent?
0: Uh, not long. No, no, no. I think I think after after everything was set right in in endgame, uh, then they started making plans for whatever it's going to be, you know, space based cosmic base or something like that, sword, whatever you want to call it. So I don't think it's been long. But again, the the other question, the more pressing question is, yeah, how long has Talos and his wife been back and how long have they been doing this? Right. And, and you know and for who and who else they've been impersonating so interesting <laughs> i i really i never expected that to be a no in Spider no, Man. it was great because that's a i mean that's that's a that's a uh you know, fan not fan service but that's that's for a mcu
2: so
1: yeah.
0: it's not you know yeah not a sony thing so yeah
2: and and to be honest for people who Aren't fans like us? There's gonna be a lot of fucking lost people who are like, holy shit. Cause I, even after the movie, I fucking called Joe. Like, Joe was my first phone call. I'm like, okay, love the movie, love the end credits, but what the fuck was that? And like, me and him talked about for like 10 minutes about what it could be and what the fuck was going on. So even MCU fans were kind of stumped. And me and Joe both found it where we're like, oh, okay, so it's kind of maybe sword and. They're setting up the cosmic defense stuff and, and, and all that. So if you're not going to dig into it, I think that end credit scene is kind of a little confusing. I think they will explain it, but for fans like us, it's more like we got to know now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because initially, and we were talking about this, initially until I went online and, and read more stuff about it, it looked, that the where they were building, what everything was going on, it looked like the lower level of the Triskelion and Winter Soldier, you know, where, where they were building those helicarriers. So, so I initially, you know, I thought, well, it's, I mean, similar design. So, you know, what's going on with this? So, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what uh, we know that from, from articles and things like that, it's obviously this next phase is going to be more cosmic based, you know, because, Yeah, they bring the they bring the Fantastic Four in now because, you know, obviously their powers are cosmic, you know, from a cosmic event. Uh, So, yeah, it'd be interesting to uh, to see where they where they go with that.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is that this is far from home. It finishes out the MCU's phase three. And, you know, what a perfect post credit scene to have at the end of phase three when phase four is obviously going to be much more cosmic in 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 stories and characters so right so yeah it, it really works out but yeah uh, <laughs> if you're not one of the big mega fans of the mcu you're probably like what in the actual fuck was that we don't and, give a shit about those people ju- and did i just see nick fury and capris
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because as much as these movies kind of cater to everyone there's so much that are that's in these movies that are specifically comic fan related. Like there's, I think there's a scene where you see Spider-Man in Mysterio's helmet. That was one of the covers back in the day of like a Mysterio storyline where, where you saw Spider-Man inside of the Mysterio helmet. It's kind of trapped. And I, in that warehouse scene, I believe you see that one shot real quick. And I'm like, motherfucker. I think I had that comic, you know, it's like, there's, there's fucking moments. Like Joe was saying, like there's shout outs to all the comic titles and stuff. Like I remember seeing ASM and I forget what number, but it was like the number with the, the,
0: yeah, there was, there was one on the boat, uh, when they were on the, on the boat, that was, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, whatever was two something that was Hydra Man's first appearance. There was yeah. a license plate that was, uh, I think, it was Molten Man's first appearance. So, um, yeah, there's yeah, ton there, of there, ton of good stuff like that.
2: It really is. It, it's amazingly like detailed, accurate for comic fans, which I think is a super nice shout out, especially when there's times where. I think our biggest gripe is they didn't follow the storyline in the, you know, in the comics that we, you know, were so used to. They called it Civil War, but it wasn't as grand and epic as Civil War. Well, that's that's a hard fucking story to do in, in, you know, a movie space. So the fact that they have to change it up. But when they put in little nods of. This is for you guys who read the comics and you know what it means. It's really nice to see that.
3: Yeah, was, it but, you it, know, it
0: was sad, but it, I'm sorry, Joe. No, it's okay. Go, go ahead. ahead. I said it just one thing was sad. They know Stanley cameo. Oh, yes, Yeah, I agree. You know, and yeah. Yes. I know they did a little at the, at the tribute at the end with Lee and Ditko honoring them, yeah. which was nice. It's nice to see Steve Ditko's name up there, too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah I was just going to say that when when these MCU movies have Easter eggs in them to that level. It shows that, you know, yeah, they're not doing exact adaptations of the comic. These are their own thing. But it shows that the creators have the source material at heart that that they're willing yeah. to put in Easter eggs that are that deep. And, and that's super cool.
0: Well, like I said, even even with the artists and writers of uh some of the of some of the Spider-Man mm-hmm. stuff, like ho- you know, Hotel de Mateus and and uh uh, again, Dave Dave Michellini was was referenced, and and I think there was one more too. I can't remember, but uh, I mean, it's good. I always like it when they when they acknowledge artists and writers, and you know, especially people that really don't, you know everybody knows the McFarlands. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of I mean, if you think about how much money over time this franchise, you know, this character has brought in to Marvel. It's uh, you know, throw them a bone here and there, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
3: <laughs> yeah, o- overall, I thought that this movie was a great addition to the MCU, and in I, I loved it. This this was a, a really good one for me. Um, do, you, do you guys got any kind of like final closing thoughts on, on this one?
2: I actually think that this so far, these first two movies are the most solid first two movies of any single character i i love captain america civil war or uh winter soldier i'm not as huge of a fan of the first avenger although i did like it it's not in my top tier of marvel movies um i think these two are probably the best first two outings of any solo character so far and I, I really love the way that they're going with it.
0: If Are you talking about Marvel? Because we'll 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 start fighting about Superman one and two.
2: Oh right no, now. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about Marvel. You're
3: Batman. talking just no, MCU, talk- right?
2: Yeah, I'm talking MCU because I, I would fight the first two Burton Batmans too, because <sighs> I fucking love those two. Um, but I as far as MCU characters, I think, you know, this is this is a as solid of a first two movie that you can get. And I only hope that Sony doesn't fuck it up. Yeah. If yeah they per- fuck it up. I'm going to be so pissed at, at, the, <laughs> at after this point. Like I will go and burn Sony down. If they're like, ah, fuck you, Marvel. We can do it our own. And then they just fucking, you know, fuck over Tom Holland and, and how good of the, the they're doing with this character. This is every bit my Spider-Man and growing up being as big of a Spider-Man fan as I was when I was a kid this couldn't be doing my heart any better than it is. So I'm like super psyched and they really need to keep going this way or I will fucking lose my mind and fucking burn down. Sony.
0: There's some there's a there's a crazed fan. I think he may be on drugs. I think he's high. He might be high. He's got uh, his shirt says PCL on it. We don't know what that <laughs> is. That's, maybe there's some kind of alt right group. <laughs> oh no!
2: <laughs> it's got a pitchfork and a fucking torch going. I don't um, know what he's planning on doing. And he's also
0: he's also railing on uh, the the um. Uh, uh, Nolan trilogy.
2: So we need oh, somebody, yeah. we
0: need to, we need to get, we need to get somebody out here.
2: Yeah. I, oh, fucking Warner Brothers. You're fucking killing me. <laughs> it's
3: too good. Huh. Joe, any closing thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home?
0: No, again, just Tom Holland is Spider-Man. He's so much better than Andrew Garfield and, you know, even Tobey Maguire. So they, 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 they write him right. Uh, they write the scenes just like how they did initially, you know, again, Lee and, and Ditko in the comics of that, uh, angsty teenager who has responsibilities, but it's also trying to, you know, save people. So, mm-hmm. and, and, t- but again, t- and Tom Holland, his timing, w- comedic, you know, uh, 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 emotional, all that, all that, he, he's just, he's so good. It's just, they, they uh, I would love to see the screen tests of, of him mm-hmm. and other people that they did for this. And uh, I think they said they got it from basically on his, his interaction with the uh, Robert Downey jr. Yeah. You know, they oh, was just, nice.
3: yeah, I knew so. he had done some uh, like parkour stuff in a, in his audition tape too. Right. And that was one of the things that they liked about him was that he could do some of his own stunts.
2: No, I think he's a gymnast.
3: Okay, yeah, but what, isn't he like a parkour fan, too, or something like that? I don't know. I think
2: he might be a fan, but I, I'm pretty sure he's a gymnast. Or, he is? Yeah, I or fucking, like, he's, I don't know if he was a gymnast or that, like, he can do a gymnastics routine. I don't know that he's parkour, though.
0: I'm, I'm looking up Tom Holland gymnastics right now. That. Tom Holland has mad gymnastic skills. Interesting. He trained as a gymnast during his childhood and became active in parkour running during adolescence. So you're right on everything. Yep. But his experience as a dancer too. I mean, wow. Oh yeah. That's right. Jeez, man, look at all that stuff. He's, what are you, what are you doing with yourself, Joe?
2: Look at, he's done all that stuff. Yeah. You rock climbing bitch. Yeah. Get in that the garage, fuck? you bastard. <laughs>
3: kind of lazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently Post I can only memes. manage one iron in the fire at a time. And Post right now I'm memes, doing very bro. good on the podcast. Maybe not content, but, but I'm releasing on a fucking schedule.
2: Okay? You are. I have <laughs> noticed that. Don't think it has gone unnoticed.
3: <laughs> this is something that's never been done before in the history of Startcast. <laughs> Thursday nights, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: thirsty for more start cast thirsty thursday <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm ridiculous um, <laughs> i really really appreciate you guys um talking spider-man with me though this worked out absolutely perfect and um and yeah please let me know when you guys get your your next uh podcast figured out and i'll do everything i can to help uh Put that news
2: out there that,
3: hey, at least some awesome. of the Supercast is back. <laughs> Get on this show. Awesome, man. appreciate that.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: Hills, yeah. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast.